Okay, here we go. Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. With your hosts, Honest Abe and Adam K. the Brewmeister. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kmatalkradio.com. I like to smoke them like some Winston Loyal listeners, libertarians, lovers of the leaf, everyone out there in Radio Land, welcome to another exciting edition of KMA Talk Radio. I am Adam K. the Brewmaster, and we are back after a holiday hiatus. With me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Honest Dave. Good morning. Hello. Tell you what, man, it feels like it's been a bit, right? It has. I said that to Nutter when we walked in today. I was right? like, dude, it feels like it's been six months since I've it seen you. It does. It feels like it's been a bit and then some. Oh, it has. And, of course, with us, as always, Paul, the producer. Hi. Hi, Paul. Any trips to Disneyland this uh, break? Disney World, and, yeah, I had a couple. <laughs> a couple? Uh, well, we went We went for a few days after the last show that we did, so what's that, three weeks ago? So I'm jonesing for another one, but we'll, we'll be so going. So only went people. once since the last show. Uh, yeah, but I spent a few days there. <laughs> Is that a problem? No. I don't understand. I, I spend my hard-earned money there. It's not a problem. I just find it strange. So, want to hear a really great story? When I was leaving here, depends who's telling it. Well, me. Mm-hmm. No, not. Well, when I was leaving <laughs> he's gonna here, t- he's going to tell us anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was leaving here, I got a call from Disney, and I was upset. I was like, "Oh no, something's wrong with my reservation." And they said, "Sir, uh, there's a problem with your reservation at Port Orleans <laughs> Resort." And I was like, "Oh great, here we go." The last couple times I went, we had some minor issues, and they said, uh, "Is it okay if we upgrade you to the Polynesian Resort?" <laughs> So I was paying three hundred bucks a night. Th- did you have to think about it? No, I was like, "Oh my god!" I, it was that room was fourteen hundred bucks a night, which I would never pay just on principle because it's a regular room. But we got upgraded, man. We're like ballers there. It's awesome. So it just felt better that you had a regular room that normally sold for fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, and I was paying three. And I was paying three hundred bucks. That would normally cost you three hundred. <laughs> it was in a different resort. It was on a monorail resort. Oh, my, um, no, not a monorail resort. Monorail. They gave you a monorail resort? I hate you. Monorail. Oh, my God. Monorail. Nobody. What an awesome, amazing experience. You're just like jonesing to make fun of somebody three weeks. this morning. I got three weeks of abuse to make up for. What, what about him? I you work, don't do that? You don't make fun of him every day? day? I work with him every day. <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> my, my abuse pool is constantly drained. It doesn't fill up. Adam's the only one that's happy that the holidays are over. Like everybody else is in like that holiday slump that I come oh, yes, man, everyone I finally Christmas. took all their Christmas decor down. My uh, Christmas tree is my, still up. My Christmas tree is still up. Why? Is, is that well, just out of laziness? I'll let you ask my wife why. I, you know what? No, I'm not <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> and... I will mine, have, mine I is still up, I too. I don't ask my wife why. No, <laughs> rightfully so. <laughs> Smart man. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. I don't ask my wife why. Good call. Good call. Very and good call. would you like to introduce that voice? Uh, there, oh, right? yes, absolutely. Uh, our special guest today is... One uh, of our special guests. One of our special guests. We have a few on the show today. Uh, Dynamite Derek Dukes. 
D-D-D. Good morning, everybody. A child, a uh, ECWOG, Dynamite Derek Dukes. Welcome to KMA Talk Radio. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Great to have you. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You too. We're going to have a pretty interesting show today. Lots to talk about today. A lot of stuff I just, And just on. in like the last couple of days, all of a sudden, a bunch of things well, happened I mean, in the industry. There's the 21. We're all, mm-hmm. you know, the... Tobacco 21 now nationwide, which I'll, you know, Coop and I will talk about a little bit later, but then we have the big announcement from the, uh, the big four, <laughs> the big uh, four, uh, you know, uh, pulling out of the PCA this year, Davidoff, Altidus, Drew Estate, and General Cigar Company, which will be mm-hmm. an interesting to see how that develops this year. I found it, I mean, I don't want to dive too much onto the whole discussion, but I found it interesting that Fuente and Newman had, uh, Hadn't come out and said anything yet, or I don't know if they have yet or not. Or were they waiting for the I bigger mean, guys I, to say I, something? I, I don't see a company like Fuente making that move. I didn't think so either. For, for, cause, because honestly, for Fuente, the trade show is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, okay, I shouldn't say irrelevant, terrible world word, but you know, mo- they don't open new accounts, or you know, supposedly, you know, they also so don't release new cigars. They don't release new cigars. Most are, and, and so they're, they're, maybe JC Duman does more business there mm-hmm. as far as new business. Um, and they sell a lot of accessories in their humidors and their mm-hmm. Diamond Crown Craftsman's Bench. But um, I, I think for them, it's just historically being part of the organization and a pillar of, of the community that they're going to be there no matter what. That was what. my thought as well. And, you know, um, because there's actual people, mm-hmm. right? This is a family, mm-hmm. right? So who's the family from Davidoff, Drew Estate, Altidus, or General? It's nothing but a board of, you know. No, that's... It's just... T-shirts companies. and suits sitting in a room making decisions. Yeah. So, you know, I don't see Fuente uh, even contemplating, you know, not supporting the IPCPR. Yeah, but what if everybody is not going to be there? Well, it's not everybody. It's four people. Right now. But right don't, don't you think yeah. that will uh, make other manufacturers well, do you say? Do talk about this now or do you want to see it for later in the show? No, all right. We won't talk about it now. But I did. <laughs> the one thing I want to mention is that. Coop did a really extensive article about it, which I I read through, and it was Coop really do something extensive. I know, no right? Way. And uh, you're kidding me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Coop is never known to like teaser, go long and either free. <laughs> yeah, and I think they said they they make up those four companies make up something like twenty percent of the show floor. Me, yeah. Oh, as far as space wise, yeah. space wise yeah. could be more monetarily. Mm-hmm. So that's scary, right? Because because on top of having most of the floor, okay. First off, <clears throat> well. Now we're going to get into it. That well, just briefly. Well, I mean, it's look, a tease. I've been saying forever that the show floor, the, the, the footprint's too large. You have, yep. And it needs to be cut back anyway. Mm-hmm. So look, I mean, everything is salvageable if you pivot and start making the right moves. Unfortunately, the PCA, IPCPR, historically hasn't been making the right moves, and that's why they're in this predicament. So whether they pivot out of this or salvage it, I don't know. Well, so this is an opportunity for them to... Well, what, what it definitely is, without a doubt, is a wake-up call. You know, I thought that was your show, our show on that. I thought that was their wake up call when you when you had that big discussion. Well, you would think so, but I'm just a nobody. <laughs> Who's going to listen to me? You know, yeah, I'm just. They a, didn't listen to you when you were on the board. I, I, I'm just a no. Yeah, I know. I'm just a nobody. But. Well, you were probably one of the the largest retailers, maybe maybe in the country, right? Or at least, least in Florida. In Florida, definitely, maybe top twenty in the country. Okay, but know. still, you make up a you make up a, a large chunk of cigar sales overall in the country. Yeah, I know, but what does that have to do with how the trade shows run? I, I mean, it's I don't run trade shows. Business for end. Well, I mean, look, it, 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 look. What, why they're in the predicament now is not like no one saw it coming. It's like no one, no one who's really in the street said, "Oh my God!" Yesterday, right? <laughs> I mean, really? 
<laughs> I mean, no one went, oh my God. It's, How could they do that? I, I can't was, believe that's going to happen. I, I was more like, wow, it finally happened. Because mm-hmm. this, is something, this is something, just so you know, and, and it looks like we're getting into it anyway, but this is something that's been threatened for long over time. 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. But now, you here know, it is. Threatened. Well, I think... It was I, always on the back burner was the well, other part I, of it. I think CigarCon gave them the out they needed. Because... So they're all going there? No, no, no. I, I think Cigar Con was the one that pushed the threshold where it was just finally enough was enough. Mm-hmm. You guys you know, had too many stupid ideas. Yes. And what happened with Cigar Con was it was the perfect opportunity for them at the end of the trade show last year to say, what a lot of people don't know is you have to put your deposits down at right. the end of the show. Right. They didn't. And, and, and I remember and, talking and about that. I think that. there was two other manufacturers that didn't as well, you know, who ultimately I know one, one of them. One that was here. That said, he hasn't put I, it down I, I yet. Think, but. I think one ultimately signed up of the six. I okay. think I knew about, but they didn't do it. Once they didn't put that deposit down, that just opened the doors for them to finally say, "This is the year." Because I guarantee you, that was a conversation that probably sat in somebody's office or boardroom every year for the last five, six years. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Why are we? And they just kind of, you know, they get stuck in that muck. Oh, we have to do it. But that, I think that Comic Con, that Comic Con, Cigar Con, that Cigar Con was the one that pushed them over the edge, and then by not putting their deposit down, because they were protesting at the time, because they didn't retract that for months later. Right. So by protesting and not putting their deposit down, it just started the process of saying, yep, this is going to be the year we're going to do it. The only problem is, at this point, it almost looks like collusion. You know, it really, really does. It, it was. It's, it's very hard for anyone out there to believe that this wasn't done in collusion. Which well, that's that's the question. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly, I don't allegedly. Want to yeah, allegedly, allegedly. But, but I just say it looks like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It looks bad. It looks like four big so companies like, got together. All the fat cats get together, smoke <laughs> a cigar, and they're like, "Well, yeah. we're not going to go and, this year." And you know that's a federal issue. You know, you can't do that. They can't say we're not going to a trade show and not, talk to not each have other. They colluded to do it together. That's mm-hmm. a problem. Why? Because that's how you cripple something. I, I don't know. I don't make the law. Just that's illegal. I, yes. I cripple yeah. companies all the time. It's called collusion. You can't do it. I need to look this up. Look I don't think up. this is illegal. Look, collusion. Yeah, I understand it. There's col- a ca- if they got together, if they got together, made and planned it. Because look, the the the, the PCA can come back and say this just just devastated us. You just ruined our company. Mm. You know. Well, then get because do the thing, do things right so that you you I, get I, those companies to come I, in. I agree. And like I said, like if one dropped off to this year, two dropped off next year. Where, but for the big four to all do it, and I, and I read the letters. Have you read the letters? No. Some of them, I mean, just kind of similar. Like, it just kind of looks like uh, you know there's collusion there, but <laughs> the copy the copywriters didn't change them enough. You know? C- Collins texted me instead of collusion, use collaboration. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there then go. it's not illegal. Yeah. Actually, um, so apparently, Glenn Loop was texting me during the show now, Uh-oh. and just te- sent me the issue state. Uh, the CRA just issued a statement on the 2020 Premium Cigar Association trade show. I haven't Are read you- it yet. Well, would you like to read it? Sure, why not? Go ahead. This is the statement from the CRA directly from Glenn Loop, who uh, Glenn Loop, who wanted to text me during the tr- show, even though he knows I'm on the air right now. Cigar Rights of Amer- America is a coalition as a coalition of consumers, retail tobacconists, and family-owned manufacturers of premium handmade cigars announced support for the Premium Cigar Association trade show, as well as the legislative and regulatory agenda that has been forged by the two organizations. Uh, Glenn Loop. CRA has been said. Uh, CRA has been built by the traditional family-owned companies that manufactures premium handmade cigars, and those same companies will support the 2020 Premium Cigar Association trade show. Now more than ever, it is important for the industry to gather with its retail partners. And that seems to be the big gist of it. <coughs> yeah, just some numbers in there. 
So yeah, I mean, I saw that coming. Yeah, there wasn't going to be a issue with the CRA there. But thank you, Glenn, for giving yeah. us always. that immediate update right here on KMA. You heard you it heard first. it here first on KMA yes. Talk Radio. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, we give you the good. Here's stuff. the thing, too that that twenty percent of the showroom floor, and, and and I think this is an argument I've heard over the years too, right? They carry a lot of the show, floor space wise, sponsorship wise, right. money, money wise. wise, and you know. A lot of these guys that are mid mid level to low level, they get the benefit of all that. Right, that's what I'm saying. The trade the shows are more for them than they, you know, listen. Drew Estate can reach everybody they want without mm-hmm. ever leaving their offices. Right, right? Davidoff could reach everybody they want. They have the funds, they have the money, they got the people on the floor in the streets, in right. the air, flying around the country. They have the back end marketing to build websites and portals for people to go on and do their ordering. They have people they can put on phones to call. They have the reach. They don't need the trade show. Right, so. That's part of their argument, too, because, you know, it's just, it, it's unbalanced as far as how the show's carried, I think. But all these little guys that come in with a tiny booth space benefit because the big sure guys are do. there kind of foot sure in the bill. They, they get put next to the right guy. Hey, they might get seen. Well, it's hard when you only have five or six right guys and you got like, mm-hmm. you know, 300 booths. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's, it, 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 look. It's been issues. I mean, I, I can't even remember, but if I had to guess now, when I sat on the board, it had to be almost a decade ago, you know, if not more. Um, and it's basically 10 years later, it's the same issues. Yeah. They haven't been addressed. And, you know, I mean, if you don't pivot and you don't react and change with the times, that's, that's what happens. What happened to Kodak? Kodak thought film was going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. You know, Polaroid, same way. Yeah, it's the same. Well, yeah, they, they didn't they didn't realize Pol- Polaroid's back, baby. Yeah, it is. But you know, Kodak, yeah. Kodak thought they were in the film business. They didn't remember. They didn't realize they were in the memories business, right? Preserving right. memories. They didn't want to make the pivot, and you know that's what happened. So, you know, I I think there's going to be a huge rally from the mid. Look, it's almost like a purge. It's almost like a cleansing. I think if the right decisions and the right moves are made at this point. You might be able to come out with a better show overall. It could be the, the boutique, boutique. It doesn't show need to be boutique, or... boutique. It just be, it could become a really better show. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt for a few years, right? But it's going to take really a lot of. And, and here's a problem: this isn't a full time job for these right. guys. The so do they want to deal with the headache? The board's made up of retailers who have their own jobs, and you know, you, and you can't solve everything by getting on a conference call for an hour and a half once a month. You know, so. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I mean, I, I do. This could be the beginning of the end, or this could be the beginning of the revival. It just depends what they do at this point. Hmm. You know, I can't wait to hear Coop's perspective on it. I, do you know Coop's perspective? Has he made? He hasn't made an opinion known, I don't right? Think his perspective is going to be much different than what I've been talking about mm-hmm. because it's the facts. I mean, I'm not. What I'm saying here is not really that my opinion. These have been the facts for the trade show now for a long time, right? You know? Right. You know, the opinion is what's going to happen now and, and what you think or what you foresee is going to come in the future. Everybody, you know, nobody knows. We're just going to see what happens, you know. Also, interesting fact, we are now just a couple of days, if not weeks, away from TPE of 2020. Well, I did make a statement here. For the listeners out there that don't know what that tobacco, is. Uh, tobacco Expo. Um, it's the tobacco other products big, Tobacco Product Expo. It's the up-and-coming trade show that is actually run by a it's corporation. Been for, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. Is that the one that, like, if you want to go, they'll hook you up? Like yeah, they'll, I mean, they'll they, send a limo for you. Well, no, but they, they'll fly me out there if I want to go. Right, that's right. Okay, yeah. we've talked about them. Then. I mean, look, it, it's, TPE's been around for a while, um, and it's always been like the other show, mm. you know? Um, but they've been doing the, uh, you know... Coop's uh, already commenting. Yeah. 
already on. He said, please, please not a boutique show, please. <laughs> right. No, I don't. I agree with him on that. Um, they, they, they had a restructuring. They've put a lot of effort into it, and it got acquired by Phillips and Kings, and they've been doing the right things for their show to grow. You know, and, and people for a while now, many, many years, guys who, like Jeff from Corona or whatever, like, I would never consider have gone to a TPE. They're all going now. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I said it here when CigarCon was announced. I said, like, I really predict within three years there'll be a merger that a TPE would acquire the PCA. And we would just looking, have, like, looking like that's yeah, more of a possibility yeah, now. Say, looking more eminent now than ever. But I just think, honestly, I think it's the better move for the industry as a whole. I don't think. For them need- to merge. Yeah, look, I don't think you need a segregated show. Make it one bigger event. Use the synergies of the group. You know, why why split people up? Why make guys go out twice a year? You know, it just it, it just makes sense. Yeah. You can have a premium side, and you can have a mass market side. And a lot of guys may start blending. Guys who did a lot of mass market may start carrying a little bit more premium. Guys, right, premium. right. It, it, it just couldn't hurt the industry. I don't really think so. You know, and you have a synergy of doing one event, which would be a lot easier and better than trying to manage two different segments of basically you know tobacco industry right well we'll get into it fun times we'll get into it a little bit later (laughs) so anyway uh, our special guest is mr dynamite Derek dukes uh from childhood from a childhood fan to a pro wrestler holding major titles he's a self-proclaimed ecw og Dynamite Derek Dukes has quite the story. Derek, welcome to uh, KMA Talk Radio. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. All right, you have to translate for our listeners ECW. Extreme Championship Wrestling. You don't remember ECW? I just said for our fans. They know ECW. Not everybody knows Not everybody what was it into means. wrestling. I didn't know what it meant, but I knew oh, what it was. Get it right, Paul. I'm sorry. So you were one of the originals. Yes. I've... How, how many guys were in, in the ECW at that time? Well, it's not the fact of how many guys. Too many guys... So many guys came in and, through ECW, in and out. ECW was actually a walkthrough for most of Vince's guys. Okay. Mm. But I'm an original that I started in 1997. Um, ECW, not Eastern Championship Wrestling, Extreme Championship Wrestling, started somewhere around 94. Okay. And then they started to get originals who stayed with ECW the whole time. And I was with them from 97 to 01, right to when Vince bought them and closed the doors and threw us out in the street. Is that what he did? He, so he just, he bought it just to get rid of the competition? Is that? That's, what, that that's th- what he does. Okay. <laughs> that's exactly what he does. So you, your love of the sport started at 15. I would say a lot, a lot younger than that. Really? But, oh, yeah. What's yeah. the first earliest experience can you remember about wrestling? You know, wrestling? So of course, did you take like your cousin and turn buckle him in the corner? <laughs> on the sofa? No, my sister actually. My sister, no. Yeah, yeah. No. I beat my sister's ass. No. So, yeah. Yeah, if she's listening, trust me. Say something, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I whoop my sister's ass. Um, uh-huh. I grew up in the hood. We were so poor, and we couldn't afford the the. So we grew up in the hood. <laughs> so we had the old black and white TV with the turn dial. Of course, the turn dial was broken, so you had to use pliers. Pliers to turn, turn the white knob. I've so, been there. Where, where was? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Lynn, Massachusetts. Okay. Where is that? As like in relation to Boston, or? it is 15 minutes right outside of Boston. Okay. Right outside, and uh, remember one morning getting up early, and you had all the static, and I happened to click on, and there's this guy going mental, blonde hair everywhere, <laughs> yelling and screaming, going crazy, talking about Rick walking Fair? that aisle, and <laughs> Space Mountain, and he was just going crazy. He had this big, beautiful gold belt. 
And uh, then a bunch of guys joined him, a bunch of other monsters, all with gold belts and looking good. And they were just talking about, like I said, styling and profiling and walking that aisle and he chopped double A and said, tell him double A. I was just so intrigued, and it was a company called the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, which is was uh, way before the dead turn of bullshit, all that stuff. This was the real professional wrestling, and uh, I was hooked. So the only time ever, ever in history, the NWA went to Boston, ever. Uh, a buddy of mine gave my mom some tickets, so we went. Let's put it this way. The tickets I had were so good. Marvelous Marvin Hagler sat behind me. No. <laughs> Him and his kids sat behind me. That's how good my tickets were. Holy cow. And I saw a bunch of kids up in the stands, and they were around this big guy just sitting there by himself. And I said to one of the kids, I go, who's that? And the kid looked at me like I had nine heads. You know who that is? <laughs> no. Was that Kowalski. Ooh. I know that name. I know that name went up. And uh, How old are you at this point? 15? 14, 15. Uh-huh. And I remember that... Uh, kind of looked up and he stood up now listen i was born five five there's nothing i can do about that it sucks. <laughs> and, <laughs> not your typical wrestler height no yeah. no not at all and walter stood up and i was just like holy shit i mean he's six eight six nine oh, and he huge. put that mitt out i mean it looked like a catcher's mitt hand and my hand disappeared <laughs> when i shook his hand and he asked me how old are you and i told him i was 50 shit <laughs> paul come here guy comes over gives me a card Call me when you're 17. I want to see you. Holy shit. Just like that. Like, really? Yeah. So I went to the gym and got in shape, and it's my 17th, of course. So you're waiting now. Oh, so you shit me? Counting the days. Counting the minutes, counting the days, and uh, my 17th birthday, of course, is in January. You and I are a day apart. I literally went to Malden, Mass., to the, to the address. In, in Malden, <laughs> in Malden, Mass., and he was in uh, right near the train station in an abandoned, kind of an abandoned building upstairs. It was funny as hell. And I walked up, and I had the card in my hand, and he remembered, and I had to be eighteen to join. What happened? It changed. Yeah, <sighs> but he goes. <sighs> but, but I was in. I was. In, I thought what he said back then. I was in really good shape, and he still liked the way I looked. So he goes. Not gonna lie to you. If you get hurt, we're gonna drag you outside. <laughs> <laughs> I got no problem with that, Walter. Just make sure I have my jacket on. That's all I care about. We're in Boston. It's cold in this bitch. We gotta drag you outside. <laughs> so first day of class, standing there, plus some shortest guy in the place, like always. I was gonna say you, you're oh, surrounded yeah. by taller Monsters. people in that Monsters. in the industry. And Walter walked right up to me, and all of a sudden, he changed. He looked me right in the face and headbutted me. That's where that scar is right there. Really? No way. Yeah, that's where that scar is right there. He headbutted me and said, I'll make sure you're never a professional wrestler. What? That's what that scar is right there. He headbutted whack, right between the eyes. Blood just pouring down, tears pouring down, because of course that's the good spot. Yeah. And I did the whole two hour class bleeding. Didn't even touch the blood, didn't wipe it off. I just went to the class. Jesus Christ. The first day. First day. <laughs> I felt like doing that to you the first day of the job. I'm sure you did, but yeah. that would be frowned upon. <laughs> we could, you know, I could help you out. You know. I'm good. Now, look, <laughs> look, looking back on that, right? Because, you know, like that whole incident with John Stossel and, and, and what's his name? Oh. He's, he's leaving me. The memories of me. You know, they kind of 
drink their own Kool-Aid about oh, you who they were it. at the time, right? I believe it. I mean, today, I don't think there's anybody in this organization that kind of doesn't know, hey, we're entertainers, right? That, that's correct. And they're happy with it, and they're mm-hmm. all right with it. But back then, they, they just kind of... They were... They believed in... They were professional wrestlers. That's what they did for a living. Yeah. And, and, and because, you I mean, he's doing that, and that's like he believes that this is the kind of guy you got to be. I mean, Stossel didn't have to be that much of a dickhead. I mean, he really... Gave it to Dr. D. David Schultz. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dr. David Schultz. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, David Schultz wasn't kind of like... He was off-hinged anyway. Yeah, he was kind of unhinged oh anyway. God, so. He should have known not to poke the bear. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Or at least not be that standing that close. <laughs> right. Especially Schultz, because Schultz would smack his mother if he talked back. <laughs> okay. Wow. Oh, yeah, he was mental. He was he was really mental. With but I think a lot of the guys in the earlier days were... I don't want to say mental, but... They were their perception of what they were at the time. I, I don't think it was kind of on par of the reality of the situation. So you're saying it wasn't it wasn't showmanship or entertainment. It was oh no no, 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 no man no, no, these no, guys no. were right. brutes back oh, in yeah. the day. Oh yeah, the, these guys were, I think really kind of enjoyed the violence of the sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scares me. No, I think because I grew up. I, listen, we weren't hardcore wrestlers. I, you know, I remember WWF. Gene, mean Gene, Oberlin. Yep, mean Gene. Yeah, I mean, I kind of grew up a little bit. My, my brother ended up being like a real hardcore guy for many years of his youth. But, I mean, some, looking back on it and then hearing stories like this mm-hmm. where, you know, 17-year-old kid walks in, you headbutt him to That's death. insanity. You, know, you, you headbutt him and give him a scarf for life. Oh, yeah. Right? That, that scarf. Right? right there. This, is not, this is not acting for them at this time. These guys are physical guys that have found a way to make a living beating people up, mm-hmm. and they were enjoying it. They were enjoying it. And I think the successful ones who endured many, many years figured, you know, figured out that hey, man, we're entertainers. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not here to you know get beat is, up and is beat that the up. the Hulk age? Is that is that when that happened when he became you know big in '84 when the whole Hulkamania thing started and he beat, you know Sheik put him over for the title right and Vince wanted it Junior Vince Junior Vince now Vince Junior wanted to get away from his father's persona like for instance when Vince took over Vince Junior yeah one now. The one everybody knows now. The one right? everybody knows now. Yeah. Senior champion was Bob Backlund, the the most vanilla guy you'd ever right. see professional wrestler. Don't get it twisted. Unbelievable wrestler, collegiate wrestler, great, great worker. Well, don't get me wrong. These guys are all athletes. Better believe I it. I mean, they're, they're hardcore Better athletes. Better believe it. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. I think the psyche back then of these guys would <laughs> yeah. be brutal. And that's the, well, that's the whole thing, too, because back then, like the chairs we use now are metal. Back then, they were wooden, and they weren't cut. You got hit with a chair, you got hit with a chair. Yeah. You were out for a couple of days recuperating from that chair oh shot because God. they didn't hold back and they weren't cut and ready to be hit. You picked up a chair, a folding chair that was wooden, smash you. Wow. Tables, too. Tables, and they, back in the day, the WWF people used to cut the tables so they'd break easier, which was bullshit to me because in ECW, I was the one. You, we call it pain dues. So, pain dues is basically mm-hmm. getting whacked with chairs and tables. Oh, I didn't win my first match for two years. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you pay your dues. But I was also the one who drove the truck, who put the ring up, wow. put the chairs up, uh, put banners up. I was street team. No, street team, of course, is you go out to certain area with... Hand show, out flyers and put stuff? Put flyers on the cars, oh. all that shit. I did I've all done that. that. Yeah. I've, I've, I've done it all. I've driven the truck to a Staples and been thrown out of a Staples asking, can I buy 50 tables? <laughs> like get the fuck out of here <laughs> thought i was joking right no 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 i need to buy 50 tables and 50 chairs 
Are you serious right now? Yes, if you got them, I'll buy them. Jeez. So they have their people. Listen, I got the credit. I got the corporate credit card. Well, Paul's credit card, not corporate, but Paul. <laughs> you swipe that card for all those tables and chairs, put them in the truck, and bring them to the arena. <laughs> well, yeah, I've, I've swept the ring, put the ring up. I've done. You have to. You do it all. Now, as a layman fan, which I call myself, here's somewhere where maybe you can help me out, maybe a lot of our listeners. Is, is, can you give us a Reader's Digest or a simplified version of the historical tree of wrestling? Because I always get confused of the WWF, NWA, mm-hmm. NWO. You know, the, it, it just got very complicated. And for growing, I think maybe that's why I kind of got a lot. I didn't know who was where or mm-hmm. what. What how did, what evolved there? Wrestling because it was kind of like all NWA early on, no? Or I mean, well, back in the day, um, we had a thing called territories. There's no more territories because Vince bought them all, right? Okay, so it's kind of visionary. It, it is, but you know what? Why would you buy to destroy? To destroy. That's true. I want competition, right? You know what, Abe? I want you to send me to Memphis to face someone. In that organization, because you think that it'd be a great match. Right. No, let me just buy it, pick who I want, and shit can the rest. And that's what he did with ECW. No. And it, it, well, he, he put that, about 30 of us out in the street. I mean, that's what he did with like the entirety of it, because when he bought the, he took over the company from his father, I mean, there, there was the regionals in the oh, yeah. early, late 70s, Better early 80s, it. and that was just, everybody just had their own regional place, mm-hmm. and they all just traveled around the circuits within those regions. Correct. And then when he took over, it, he just... We're just a national organization he now. He stopped it. Yes. That's what we call territories. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, Hulk Hogan could not now go and work for Vern Gagne in AWA Vern in Memphis. Vern Gagne. Vern Gagne, who owned the AWA. Son, Greg Gagne. Greg. Yeah. Now, he is an egotistical jerk-off. This is a guy who said, I'm going to start a wrestling company. He's a collegiate wrestler. And his school was in a barn at his house on his property. So he starts a wrestling company. He walks in one day, and he had a, a gold belt, and he goes like this. He goes, welcome to the AWA. I'm your champion. That's what he did. Made himself champion of his just, own. Right, just made himself champion. That's it. I'm the champion. And didn't lose for quite a long time. You know, you got egotistical guys like that because they thought they were the best at what they did. I mean, Vern was, was good. He was a collegiate wrestler. He was not a professional wrestler. He definitely wasn't. If you see his older stuff, he sucked. <laughs> but this is going to... Greg made a decent career out of wrestling. And it's funny, too, because his dad held his boot, his uh, his shorts, because he wouldn't let him move forward in the company. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would never, ever let all him right. move So where did it all start? Carnivals. Carnivals. See? That is where it gets good. Wait, wait what? <laughs> wrestling started Carney. in Carnies. All right. Carnies. Listen, if you listen... I guess... Listen, when, as he's telling me, about being part of the road team, yeah, and play, I'm I guess myself, it kind of makes sense. Carny, yeah, this is almost Correct. sounds like a carny. Gotta believe. It. I was saying this to myself in my head as he's telling me the story, and some of the sounds, personalities yeah, that are in it, you know, like makes sense life. now that they mm-hmm. make sense. That's right. It started in the carnivals. It started with, you know, a guy in really great shape who would uh, you pay ten cents to see him wrestle a bear, like the strong man or something. Correct. Okay. Like a real bear. A real bear. You know? <laughs> when they put a muzzle they put a muzzle on him and stuff like that and he'd wrestle a bear and then he'd wrestle uh, a cheetah <laughs> all the bullshit. And then finally it got a little stale. So they were like, Okay let's throw another guy in. Let's do this. Let's pick someone from the crowd. <sighs> and everybody wanted to be a tough guy. Of of course. Everybody wanted to be a tough guy. But, but then, did they have real guys or plants? 
They had to have plans. They, I, I bet you some of it was real oh, guys. Trust me, when it started, they were like, you, I'll give you $100 if you can beat him in a minute. Oh, my God. And, of course, the wrestler in the ring would beat the shit out right, of the guy. Right, they no question, out. right? Yeah. But then eventually it got to, okay, you, sir, I'll give you $500 if you can beat him, which was one of the guys from the Carnies. And they'd go at it for five minutes, and people were like, "Holy shit, these, this guy can!" This could happen. He almost won five hundred dollars. He almost won five hundred dollars. I think I could do that. You know, and that's how it all started in the carnival. Wow, mm-hmm. never knew that. We actually have a it's it's uh we have a language in professional wrestling, and it's called carny. Really? Yeah. A lot so of what's the, a carny word? Well, pretty much like if I was to say I'm going to go to Habe's his house for the drizzugs. Okay. Yeah. Didn't get it. See. I'm going to go to your house for the drugs. You just put everything in, in, a, in a different term. Kind of like Pig Latin? Yeah, exactly. I was just going to okay. say that. It, it sounded, is kind of like exactly. Pig Latin. It sounded a little Pig Latin-ish. Exactly, and that's exactly what Carney is, and that's how they used to talk to each other. They had their own, they had their own sayings and their own everything. So who was the first guy who says, okay, we need to take this out of the cardinal, uh, carnivals and put this in, in the ring? Do we know? I mean, I don't know if you, you, back you in, know. Back in the day... With uh, when because I mean, you figure professional wrestling somewhere in the 1900s when the guys would just that early oh yeah okay yeah, when, you know the guys would just get in the ring for 60 minutes because they were in such great shape and not the wrestling moves you see now of course because there were no high flyers right I mean if a guy went to the second row people lost their mind back then <laughs> <laughs> now you got guys jumping a fucking balcony right tables and shit right you know um, I guess television must have helped. Television helped out huge. Yeah. Because and in 84, when that whole thing happened with Hogan, they called it the Rock and Wrestling Connection. They brought Cindy Lauper over. And Lou Albino. And Lou, exactly. Lou Albino. So they did all that to make it more. Mass. Way more mass to the people to see. So the kid, you know, like Hogan with the, you know, say your prayers, take your vitamins, yeah. all that bullshit, which was bullshit. <laughs> because he was, you know, between him and a lot of the other guys were taking supplements right i don't take supplements by the way um i do they're called him heroes and, exactly and him, and, him and randy savage sandwiches. were in the back with a with oh. a pharmacy oh, back oh my there. god yeah. it was oh it, yeah it, the uh not just slim jims oh no 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 no, no, no not well with, the iron sheik was in that group too right i mean he he used to talk about i mean Cheeky baby randy savage's family got mad at him because he used to say that randy savage used to steal his cocaine oh my god all the time and he'd make a big stink backstage wow. I'm, I'm telling you right now abe if you ever ever get the chance ever get the iron sheik in here yeah, well, if you can make it happen, I, Bro. Know, I didn't even know the Iron Sheik was still alive. Can Bro. we do? Can I be in a different room when he's here? Bro. though? because he is off. Is, like he's is, crazy. Is he Middle Eastern? Yes, yes, he, he is. Oh, he really really is from Tehran, Iran. I, I might have a shot then. Maybe I could like Bro, get the Habibi card. Use the Habibi card. Off <laughs> the hook. Where Where is he? Atlanta. We have done a show. He's been on the Stern show a lot, and but he's like off the like they have to have extra security in there because he is crazy. I'm telling you right. Well, no, no, that's all. Is that a show? As soon as the cameras come on, okay, that's the show. Okay, but I'm she- all right with but that. Then. Sheiky baby. Well, first of all, Sheiky baby will tell you. He'll go, Abe, I I need my medicine, which is marijuana. <laughs> I, I need something to drink. Whatever. Whiskey. Whatever, whiskey. Whatever the hell you're gonna put in front of him. <laughs> and he'll always want a six pack of, I believe it was Schlitz. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Well, I mean, we could make that happen, <laughs> Paul. Uh, and. But he'll always tell you, he'll go, yeah, I, I, 
I, sm- I had my medicine today. Oh, you had your medicine. Good, thank God. How old, how old is he now? Seventies. And seventies for a wrestler, especially that that worked as much as he did. Wow, He's in bad shape, really right? Up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially in that day when they they I mean they really took a beating back then. Yeah. When we brought when Paul brought out ECW, um, we wanted to be different, and that was the whole thing about ECW. We didn't want the old Vince McMahon bullshit. We didn't want the WCW, World Championship Wrestling, when NWA got bought out. We didn't want any of that stuff. We wanted to be different. So we were. We just had a bunch of crazy assholes from Boston and Philly and and New Jersey, and we just beat the shit out of each other on on a daily basis. And I I can tell you that every match that I ever had in ECW was the most painful match I ever had in professional wrestling. Oh, God. That five years working for working for Paul took twenty off my life. Did you have any? Do you have any sustained injuries from those days? Still, oh, yeah. he's got a scar. In the well, middle other, of his oh yeah, All right. other than the scar, but I mean, a lot of guys have back issues. They have uh, broken bone issues. My, things didn't heal properly. My left uh, hip is titanium. Wow, oh, this is cadaver. Oh god. Oh yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> it's been real fun. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, now oh. you recently just won a title. I, well, not just recently. It's been a it's been a few months, but yeah. Um, no, that's recent. The what I the NWA again, the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, you guys all know who Billy Corgan is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Billy, musician, musician, yeah, musician, from, smashing pumpkins, pumpkins, yeah. Today, Billy no. Corgan bought the NWA. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yes. Now is he just a wrestling fan? Or He's just... always been a wrestling fan. It's funny. Now note back quick when Paul met. Paul Heyman from ECW met Billy. He wanted Billy to invest in ECW. So he was like, okay, Billy, I want you. All right, Paul, what do you need? He goes, I need a million dollars. Okay, what what am I going to get back? And Billy put the numbers together and was like, um, I'm into making money, yeah. losing money, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass. <laughs> but when the NWA came up for sale, he bought it, and he brought back the original. And I mean old school, back in the NWA days, they were in a studio, kind of like this, with a ring, some fans, and an announcer. Wow. That's it. Billy brought that back. And he brought back a lot of the older guys, like the Rock and Roll Express. Wow. Rock and Roll Express is a team from the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, that are now still wrestling. No. <laughs> How yes. is that possible? They just won back, for the seventh time, the NWA Tag Team Titles. And the one thing Billy did, which I really appreciate, Billy brought back all the original titles from the NWA. The only title he doesn't have is this one. Hold that up for everybody to he see. Didn't, yeah, yeah. He didn't bring back the United States Championship. He's bringing back the TV title now, and his the belt he has, he calls it the international title or something, was the original NWA United States title. It has a big red belt, and it's got the... Um, the whole United States in the center of it in gold. Oh, wow. That was the original back in the 70s. The, that was the U.S. title. Then they brought this one out. But uh, you can buy into the NWA and have an organization. So the, uh, a bunch of my ECW guys were here in Florida wrestling for a company, and the kid said, hey, do you know anyone local who would... And my friend Tommy Dreamer from ECW gave him my number, and uh, he said, I checked all your stuff. I... I I got your background. People love you. You know, you're old boss. 
you're good with me. So didn't know me from Adam. Calls me down for a show, 300 bucks for the show, put me up for room for the night. I work for eight minutes, and he put a title on me. Wow. I'm 46 years old, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that eight minutes took me two weeks to recover from. That's how out wow. of shape that I'm in. Brother, I haven't been in a, a real wrestling ring since my brother passed away in 2015. I retired. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. A year to date, I'm at a cigar shop in Nashville, New Hampshire, and Tommy Dreamer calls me. And he opened a company called, it's not, because uh, he worked for Extreme Championship Wrestling, it's called House of Hardcore, in the same ECW arena in Philly. And he says, one more match, I'll make it worth your while. So I get down to Philly, and he put me in with Ricky Steamboat. Ricky the Dragon Ricky Steamboat. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, the $500 he paid me cost me 1500 to fix my <laughs> mouth, and Ricky knocked my tooth out. Oh, God. But, listen, Ricky Steamboat knocked out my tooth. You're happy. Uh, You're good. Shit. So, so you also well, uh, like in the middle of. Oh, do we need to take a break? Oh, yeah, hold on. Let's take a let's take we a break. Take a break. No, skip nah. it. Okay. Well, well let's get okay. to this part. Yeah. Okay. So, in the middle of your whole, so we're, it's it's fun talking about the 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 back in the day and how you got to where you are and 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 the history. You had a major health scare yeah. in kind of in the middle of your career, right? Yeah. You, you want to talk about that a little sure. bit? I mean, you. So, I guess it was. In 1998, yeah. you were diagnosed with testicular cancer and just, had to stop working. Just a just a, a year fresh into ECW, doing well. I thought maybe the training regimen I was on was doing because I I lost like like 40 pounds in like two weeks. I thought I was like, yeah, I was. Oh, you're it. like I'm doing such I'm a good job. I'm killing it, bro. Hell yeah, wow. I'm killing it. But then someone, uh, one of my, one of the trainers over at ECW was like, uh, listen, um, whatever you're on, stop the bullshit. Right, it, something, something's wrong. Listen, whatever you're taking, stop taking it. It's not right. I go, brother, I, and I swore on my daughter's life, wow. I, I'm not taking anything. I'm, this is just me. And they sent me to the doctor, and they found a tumor. Yeah, they found a tumor on, uh, on my right testicle, and it was so close to the carotid artery that they couldn't just go in and take it out. Right. So they had to shrink it first. Oh, so you had to get, like, like chemo or radiation? Yep, yep, had to take the radiation. And then, of course, after they take it out, you go through the chemo to uh, make sure everything was all there. So it, thank God that they caught it in time. Um, but where it was, it was it was so close to the carotid. I mean, literally almost overlapping the carotid artery. And he said, if it got any bigger, it would have shut my carotid artery off. Wow. Oh, thank God. Yeah. You know, and I, I pray to the good Lord every day and say thank you. But, yeah, it was, they caught it in time. Again, thank the Lord. And uh, within... Within a year, feeling better, getting back better, Paul welcomed me back with open arms. And you went back. Oh hell yeah! Oh, they hell just yeah. can't. It's like it's he's like not a, he's not a quitter. Oh, no, no, but no, it's no, like no. The, it's like no. what they say on The Godfather. Like I, because he, he, you, you stop uh, and then you somehow get dragged back into it, right? I mean, is it is it, it the what is it that keeps bringing you back to the ring? You know, it, it's in my blood now. Then it was still in my blood. You know what I'm saying? It, but um. Not a lot of people can say that they actually can climb into a ring in front of, you know, a thousand people, 500 people, whatever it is. But that hype, how that feels. If I walk in the ring, I'm getting booed, doing my job. (laughs) If I walk in the ring and they love me and they're clapping, I'm doing my job. I walk in the ring and everything's vanilla. There's a problem. There's a problem. Right. And there's never been one time, thank God. and, And trust me, I've made sure and I've asked promoters and. I've never, never had a vanilla time. 
because Great. I try to I try to keep the crowd moving. Whether it's if I'm a if I'm a baby face, I'll you know I'll I'll talk about their hockey team or whatever, get them all pumped up. And if I'm a if I'm a heel. I'll tell them how bad their hockey team sucks and the Bruins beat them. That's great. Or the Red Sox kick the shit out of your baseball team or the Celtics. So, talk about something. Anything Boston pisses people off. Right. Especially now. Especially right? now. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. Before we wrap this up, a couple of things I want to definitely squeeze in here. Mm-hmm. First off, Dynamite Derek Dudes. Yes. How do we get that name? So I was in the ring with this uh, other wrestler named Spike Dudley. Spike probably... Tad shorter than me, 156 pounds. Oh, wow. lucky. Oh, yeah. Mm. So he became one of the Dudley clan. Well, him and I were in the ring one afternoon, and Big Sal was uh, one of my trainers. Now, let me give you a quick uh, rundown on Big Sal. Big Sal, seven foot two, 620 pounds. Oh, Ooh. big guy. Okay. Just a small guy, you know? Usually when I hear Big Sal, I'm looking for like a little guy yeah. around the corner. Oh, no, no. Sal was over seven <laughs> like feet, over 600 a big pounds. dude. Holy cow. So That's we, like Andre the Giant. Oh, he was, yeah, he was, um, he was just huge. So... Uh, Spike and I are setting up this move, and Spike does this move called the acid drop. Pretty much, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin stunner, but off the ropes. Okay. So Spike grabs me and says, we're both the same height. Let's do this together. Sal will set us up. So we both grab him, run, spin, boom, hit the move. And the Dudley boys, uh, Devon and uh, Bubba Ray, like, holy shit. Can you guys do that again? (laughs) Boom, set it up. Boom, boom, did it again. So out of nowhere, I hear um, Devon goes, that was freaking dynamite. Unbelievable. Because about five minutes before that, Bubba was like, your name sucks. <laughs> and, and what name were you going by then? Just Derek Dukes. Just Derek Dukes, normal like, name. Okay. Your name sucks. <laughs> your, your, name, your name really sucks. And how I got Dukes was, um, I always use my shoot name because in the real world. My real name is Derek Plord. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't like my French last name. I don't, I'm Italian. I'm, I don't like that shit. So <laughs> I like Dukes. So uh, they were trying to think of a name for me, and they were like, okay, so what's your favorite TV show? I go, The Dukes, Dukes of Hazard. Hazard. Done. You're Derek Dukes. All right, I like that. DD, I'll take that. Okay. Go over to ECW, working my thing. And uh, I heard Bubba go, what'd you say? That move wasn't dynamite? It wasn't dynamite. That's your new name. Ha. <laughs> Your dynamite Derek Dukes, but the guy who gave it to me, their finishing maneuver was called the Dudley Death Drop. They called it 3D. Uh. They were the Dudley Boys. So of course I couldn't be 3D, but I was D to the third power, so I'm D3. That's funny. I'm triple D. Triple D. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. So you, you're you're in the cigars. You're in the cigar community. How'd you get into cigars? Uh, God rest his soul. My uh, my brother used to steal the little cigars off my grandfather's. Really? Yeah. And we'd go down the street. And we'd all his, you know, my brother was older than I was. So we'd be down the street with his friends, and uh, we'd be on the corner smoking the cigar. And I'd always <laughs> smoke the cigar and yak my fucking brains out, and they'd all laugh. Ha ha, do it again, do it again. And, <laughs> and, of course, getting older and learning how to smoke a cigar, and I was probably seven or eight years old. But I really remembered that, especially back then, you know, back in those days, in the in the eighties, right. the the cigars were totally just it was just pure tobacco. You know, there was no bullshit. There was right. no. It was, and it was they were harsh. Mm-hmm. They they were just harsh. But I remembered because it was the time I spent with my brother is why I enjoyed it so much. Wow. That was the, so that kind of that kind of brings you back. Yeah, it always brings me back to my brother. You have also I don't know the story, 
But um, apparently Derek has a really, really great story with, um, was it Gold Dust <laughs> we were talking about? Are you sure? We were, we were mentioning a couple of, a couple of guys because I, I know a, a couple of guys in the industry and we, he said that he has a really good gross story, but it's funny, right? Oh my God, yeah. If you guys are ready, are you sure? Sure. I'll, I'll buckle up. So you guys know who Gold Dust is? Dustin? No. Uh, Dusty Rhodes? Dusty Rhodes' son, Dustin. Okay. He went by Gold Dust. Had this whole gold gimmick and this and that. Well, I worked when Dustin got released from the WWEF. He went over to work with a company called TNA, which is Total Nonstop Action, which is called Impact Wrestling out of Orlando. And him and I worked over there together. Well, we both left TNA, and we're doing indie shows together. So we're up north doing an indie show, and we pick him up. I'm in the back seat. We pick him up at the airport, and he gets in the pass, uh, the driver's side behind the driver. So we're sitting there. And all of a sudden, he sees, he opens the back of the seat, and there's a, a Playboy magazine there. From, I guess it was from the driver. So he takes it out, he's going through it, and we're talking, and this and that. So we get to the event. And we pull up, and Dustin says, yeah, I'll grab my bag, I'll be there in a minute, guys. Yeah, you're probably taking his time, whatever. I get out, the passenger side, three of us walk over. So we're sitting there talking for a second, I look over, and the fucking truck is what, going, just waving side to side <laughs> like what the f everything is dustin still in there is everything all right it stops <laughs> he gets out comes around goes in the back gets his bag like dustin are you okay was you know everything going on in there everything all right well you know i saw that magazine and uh you know i had to take care of business what <laughs> what <laughs> yeah you know woo, it was a good magazine Dustin, you shitting me? <laughs> so, my sick mind, all I can think of is, where'd he finish? <laughs> Dustin, we're friends. Dustin, <laughs> buddy, I, I have to sit in that truck later. So, we're friends, but... Where is it? Where did you finish? He goes, oh, all over the fucking driver's seat. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, I just let go all over the driver's seat, put it back, and got out. Yeah, I found a different ride to the airport that day. Wow. I didn't get back in that truck. And he was talking about what you thought he was talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He, uh, all right. He, he put it all over the driver's seat. Oh, all right. And who drove? Whoever the promoter was at the time. And thank God he wasn't standing there because I was like, yeah, I got things to do after, bro. You guys got that truck. It's a different that. breed of, of folk in the wrestling world, I guess. All right, oh, real, there is. Real quick before we head out now, uh, some of your favorite cigars. Where's your home base out of? As in? Where do you live? I live now in Fort Pierce. Right, you're, you're Floridian. Yes. What's your, uh, where, do you, where do you hang out? Where, where does Derek hang out to have his cigars? I go to the Fort in Fort Pierce. In case anybody wants to yeah. meet Mr. Duke. Of course. <laughs> I hang out a lot at the Fort in Fort Pierce, which is S&M Smoke Shop. Yep. I try to make it to your places as much as I can now down this way because uh -huh. I know that I heard that I didn't even know there's one in Vero Beach. There's one in Vero mm -hmm. and there's one in Port St. Lucie. Yeah, yeah, the Port St. Lucie one's kind of small. I like the lively ones. I like the one that you and I met at West Palm. West Palm, that's a great one. I like that one. Um, I spend when I'm down the other side though. I spend a lot of time at like uh, a fusion over in Clearwater. Oh my god, that place is unbelievable. Or the Cave. Oh yeah, I know the Cave. That's another. Good and one. some of your favorite cigars. Uh, definitely, I'm a Padron 26 guy. Mm, good um, stuff. Anything Steve Saka makes, anything at all. Sackalicious. Yes, you better believe it. Anything Steve Saka makes. Uh, the Umagog's one of my favorites. I always go to. 
the new scene compromiso number seven that is unbelievable good stuff unbelievable mm-hmm. smoke. all right some 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 okay. some wrestling questions before we take this out ready sure i had that all right i, I got i got the show okay. covered <laughs> <or not. laughs> all right so sit back enjoy the show okay, so fine. ready i am the wrestler in your mind who did the most for wrestling Hmm. If you're not talking about era, I would say Hulk Hogan. Era specific? When you go to late 80s, Hulk Hogan. Early 80s, Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Okay. Gotta believe it. Okay. Two great legends. Yeah. Best tag team wrestling team. Holy shit. You gotta pick one. Damn it. I have to pick one? All right. Who's one of your favorites? Uh, will always be the Road Warriors. Uh, you know, I went. They went. They graduated from my high school. They're alumnus from Notre Dame. Hawk and um, Animal. Animal, yeah. Big Joe. Yeah, they're on our Wall of Fame. The Road Warriors. <laughs> they would definitely have to be the Road Warriors. That I mean, greatest of all time would be the Road Warriors. But my favorite tag team would be the Bubba Ray and Devon of the Dudley Boys. Okay, the, the guys who helped give you better believe it. Okay, um, who's the most brutal? Not. I'm not saying you had to fight him, but. Story-wise, who who did the most abuse? Cactus Jack. <laughs> I don't even know Cactus oh, Jack. Trust me, if you Google Cactus Jack, you'll shut that shit off. Well, wasn't Cactus Jack, <laughs> isn't that Mick Foley's Mick Foley, character? Mankind, uh, Dude Love, all that same. All that most shit. overrated wrestler. Ooh. Mm. Adam's over here just going, ooh, to all my questions. He's tingling. I thought they're good questions. Hmm. That's... That, Oh, you got me stumped on that one. Well, I mean, who out there got a lot of recognition? Where, uh, yeah, no real talent there, as far as your opinion. Hmm. Oh, The Rock. Oh, I, really? I, was, I was thinking The Rock. Oh, but God, I, yeah. Really? That guy couldn't wrestle his way out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> wow. He was, he was a showman. He was not a wrestler. <laughs> Made a good career. Bet your ass he did. The Rock. I didn't see that quite. That huh. one way, way overrated. I, I've heard that before from other people. Way overrated. That most, they say that. Most under the radar, underrated wrestler. Arnie Anderson and Tully Blanchard. From what era? That is the, well, they went from the 80s all the way to the 90s. They were part, oh, of, wow. the, they were part of the Full Horseman, the original Oh, the Full Horseman. Horseman. Yeah, yes. the Full Horseman. Yep. Wow. Definitely. Well, listen, Derek, thank you so much for coming <laughs> This out. was awesome. Super awesome. Yeah. Super awesome. Thank you for having me, brother. Man, we'll have you again. This was fun. Uh, after the break, we're going to take a short break, but we got Evan Darnell huh? of the Red Meat Lovers Club, which nice. is always a good thing. Yep, that means yep. We're going to be eating something good after the break. He's going to tell us what he's going on. And then we got Coop coming on because we're going to discuss some very interesting topics. Oh, Coop is ready to go. Yeah. I love the Coop. Man. He's crazy. Ready going to go. on. So Absolutely. Crazy. Don't go anywhere. We're taking a short break. Keep it lit. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Experience the new Henry Clay Warhawk, a robust and complex cigar that's inspired by the rebellious roots of Henry Clay. The first of a three-part series honoring the life of the great statesman, this cigar is made with the best tobaccos grown and hand-rolled by the Grupo de Maestros at La Flor de Copen in Honduras. And it's not your typical Connecticut. This is a Henry Clay. Stand up. Be different and smoke a Warhawk. Surgeon General Warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer to the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. Hello, this is Glenn Case, owner of Christoph Cigars. There's nothing more important to me than family. That's why I treasure the moments with my wife, Terry, and our son, Christopher, a.k.a. Christoph. When we have those rare moments to talk about life, there's nothing better than smoking Christoph to enhance our time together. 
For Terry, it's our Kristoff Sweet Tip Cuban Selection. For Chris, our Sumatra. And for me, our original Maduro. Enhance your family time with Kristoff Cigars. The Oliva Family, the makers of some of the most affordable yet highest-rated premium cigars available. For seven straight years, Cigar Aficionado has rated Oliva as one of the best cigars of the year. And Oliva has a cigar for all smokers. From the newly released Gilberto Oliva Reserva to the bold and rich Oliva Serie V. Oliva cigars can be found at a tobacconist near you. So always ask for Oliva. An unbeatable value and uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. The recently released Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is an extremely rare blend of Perdomo's finest and most cherished 12-year-old fillers, binders, and wrappers. Bale-aged for 10 years and then barrel-aged in bourbon barrels for an additional two years, these exquisite Nicaraguan tobaccos are bursting with rich, complex flavors. Offered in Connecticut, Sun-Grown, or Maduro, available at only 250 authorized tobacconists worldwide, the Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is a must-have for every cigar enthusiast. Hey, this is Clay from La Polina Cigar Company. My likes and dislikes, long walks in the park, old school gangster films, wrestling grizzly bears with Abe. Dislikes, smelly feet, flight attendants with an attitude, and Friday afternoon traffic. What I know you will like is the La Polina family of fine cigars, such as Mr. Sam, Bronze Label, and our highly rated classic series. But let's not forget the limited edition Goldie. Quality forever, La Polina Cigars. Placencia Cigars has been one of the world's leading growers of first-class tobacco since 1865. Today, Nestor Placencia Sr., together with the fifth generation of the Placencia family, continue the legacy. With over 3,000 acres of quality tobacco fields, they are makers of quality cigars, including Alma Fuerte, ranked among the top 10 cigars in major publications. Find them in your local premium tobacconist stores around the country. Placencia Cigars, perfected for more than 150 years. Yours to enjoy now. Looking for something unique and awesome? Smoke Oscar Valdaris Cigars. 2012 Connecticut. 2012 Corojo. 2012 Maduro. The Oscar Habano. The Oscar Maduro. My Way. And our latest creation, Oscar Valdaris Cicerone Edition. A great cigar that comes in five different collectible boxes with an amazing exclusive artwork. Remember, Oscar has something unique and awesome waiting for you. Ask for Oscar Cigars in your favorite cigar shop. Keep the party going all week long at the world-famous Spearmint Rhino, West Palm Beach. Every Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday, enjoy $3 premium drinks from the bar till midnight. Magnum Mondays means $100 magnums of Belvedere and Moe Brut until midnight. Get your thrills every $10 Tuesday with $10 dances all day and night. Ladies, don't miss Women Crush Wednesdays with half off your cover charge. No matter the time of day, it's always a good time at Spearmint Rhino, West Palm Beach. Welcome back. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to KMA Talk Radio, <laughs> broadcasting live here in lovely West Palm Beach. I'm Adam K. Brewmeister. With me, of course. Abe doesn't care about having his headphones or his microphone on right no. now. He's got food. No. I, I have to camera this. Yeah, can you? You I mean, can. Use Adam's camera. Yep. Okay, that's fine. No one cares to see Adam. No, they don't. I care. No, you don't. No, you don't. In a weird way. That's when you're ready. Yeah. Go ahead. So, oh. Um, oh. Evan Darnell, the Red Meat Lovers Club, is here as our Wait, I need to get second hour guest. I need to get different camera angles. Hang on. You guys so, installed that smell of vision. Right? 
Yeah. So uh, give us a brief synopsis of what it is our listeners are looking at here. So what we, I made some Wagyu burgers. Those are 100% Wagyu, legit. Uh, got it from Jimmy P's in Naples, Florida. And you I have, have it flown, it's flown in, right? No, it, it's driven in. Oh, it's I, driven in. It's okay. not Naples, uh, Italy. Well, I don't know. I, <laughs> I see these posts. Idiot. No, I see these posts from him saying like, just flown in. We yeah, have. Exactly. Well, I want to <laughs> make it sound really fancy. Dude, you can't sit this tray in front of me this whole show. No, that, well, that's a tray. That's a great breakfast day. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll be fine. And those are air baked. Tater tots, so oh, they're on the healthy. I love them. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're in little, the oven. That sounds a little too healthy. Well, for I me. haven't installed the deep fryer yet into my house. My wife has not yet <laughs> let me get that privilege. Do you but, wait? So they're air baked or air fried? Air baked. What's they're the difference? In the, it's in the oven. There's That's, no frying. That's there's no the frying. No, yeah, I have air. Fr- I have an air fryer. There's no oil. So and right. it's, then it's not fried. Yeah. It's, uh, yes, it it's is. It's fried in no, quotes. It's quotes. Okay. I bet those are crunchy as crunchy as they would be. Yeah. Hold on, I gotta get in there. The marbling's ridiculous mm-hmm. on that steak. So what uh, is the steak? That, that's a Wagyu like? number seven Australia from Carrera Farms in Australia. What is oh the num- What is the number seven? It's, so there's, it, there's, there's a rating a, system, right, right? Exactly. It's a it's a level of marbling. Okay. And uh, seven on a strip steak is really really high. So Australian, d- does the Australian Wagyu get rated differently than the Japanese? Because the Japanese yeah. is like an Co- A B one two Kobe right. Well, it's almost like uh, champagne is only from champagne. Right, yeah. Kobe right. is only from Kobe, right. but there's like different, like outside of Kobe, there's uh, there's different areas that are just as just good. as good. Okay, yeah. yeah, especially now. Holy cow! Yeah, Man, you've been really up to good. a lot since the last time you were here. I've been up to a lot. Yeah, I mean, you are a masochist, I, hands down. I I, tr- I tend to be, but it's like I'm driven by a lot of different things that make me want to keep on doing what we do so i have i have a lot of events coming up and i have some really monstrous events one is before you get into events i want to talk about now you have factions now i do i do factions around the (laughs) we should call it fat shuns that was one of my questions because we had talked about that over the last few times yeah where where is now okay bases for the red meat lovers club guys group so we have official chapters in new york city where we're the newest one that's the right we have nashville tennessee we did an amazing event in bowling green kentucky so that's with our with our man Randy Bush, yeah, he's amazing, he and awesome. I'm looking. Oh, he's forward. watching right now. I love that. Yeah, guy. yeah Randy, he's great, and I can't wait to work Be with those him for guys the first again. time. He's coming down for the Great Smoke. Oh, uh, he's good. Oh, he's nice. a good guy. In fact, in fact he just po- posted his dinner ticket. Dinner, oh, dinner ticket. Yeah. Oh, the, good. The pre-event dinner that the Red Meat Lovers Club is hosting. Yeah. At the Great Smoke. Yeah, that's going to be a really special night. Epic proportions again. Uh, I guess, uh, huh? Well, yeah, there we're creating just basically meat mountains. Meat mountains, <laughs> copious. You like, you like to use the word copious a lot. Co- well, it's it's a good word for it's what a, we do. It's a great word because, like, normally at our dinners, when the dinners start, people are already full. Yep, it's truth. It's it is. If you don't pace your, because hey, I've been to about over half a dozen of these yep. dinners. If you don't pace yourself, because the, the the pre-food is just so amazing. Oh, yeah, and if yeah. you kind of let loose, forget about it. You, you're barely going to get to your entree. Yeah. Our our caterer, Potions in Motion, with Sexy Chef and Jason, they they match my vision 
with the food, and it's really it's one of the big reasons why we've been so successful. Is I think they want to punish people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, there's a little bit of I that. Mean, there is some gluttony going Do on. Do you not there eat is. for the whole day if you're going to go to one of these different. events? It, it, yeah, it doesn't know. unless you're like a professional eater where you're stretching your stomach and what. It doesn't make a difference. You cannot eat for the whole day. I mean, you, do you? <laughs> oh, do we killed him? We'll, we'll, do you not consider yourself a professional out. eater? No, no. There's there's people. <laughs> I work with this guy Nick Solaris in New York City. You've mentioned he's a, him. Yeah, he's a professional carnivore. Like he will literally <laughs> eat um, way more than I do, uh, but then he won't eat for two days. That's like, insane. It's like he's scheduled it out. Is he a thin guy? He is. Most so of, he's I intermittent fasting. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got news for you. Most of the real hardcore professional eaters are not big dudes. Well, yeah, no, no, no I know Kobayashi. Obviously, he's dudes. a yeah. thin, slim Japanese guy. So, so real, you got yeah. you got four chapters now total. Well, we're all, five, including we have Florida? Toronto opening up January twenty third uh, at STK. We're doing a big dinner there, uh, and then we got Toronto. Uh, sorry, I said that. And then we're going to be opening up. Uh, look. Uh, Melbourne, Florida, which is not really South Florida, uh, and then we're gonna go. I, I, I see Charlotte, Dallas, Chicago, and LA being twenty twenty targets. Really? Yeah. Chicago, my home base. I know. I gotta go. To you the, got, I was just gonna say I you gotta, gotta go, go to the first. Yeah. Dinner. And, and you're going to all these dinners. Right now, I'm going to all the dinners. Um, my <laughs> my goal. <laughs> I was just goal, gonna say, well, how's how your wife feel about that? Yeah. You know what? She her tolerance level is high for me. And it's being stretched. <laughs> <laughs> like this T-shirt, it is being stretched. It, so, but I think it's important for me to be there in the beginning uh, of these chapters. Uh, the philanthropy side of it is so important to me right now. Uh, we have our biggest event coming up ever uh, with Make a Wish Foundation. The Super Bowl, the official Super Bowl party of Make a Wish at. Uh, meats bowl m-e-a-t-s-b-o-w-l uh, that's going to be at quality meats the thursday before the super bowl january 30th and we're partnering with la florida minicana i saw a yeah, post i was talking uh, with uh, john yeah uh, jonathan carney we're yep. going to br- uh, bring out those football cigars i yep. could see how how evan and and carney would get along oh well, carney's carney he yeah. has to open up a restaurant uh <laughs> Yeah, it's a spa- oh, he's got yeah. his Facebook posts are are almost as yeah. intense as yours. As yeah, far as the well, meat. we 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 share passions, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that that actually that event's being um, headlined by Apple Insurance, which is our Apple our go to uh, amazing company. That well, really, they've been doing a lot. They've they, done a lot with you. They've done a lot with us, and really, without our sponsors, uh, you can find them all at our website, uh, RMLC. L-U-B, rmlclub.com, Partners in Prime. Without them, we're not a club. We, we can't do it. You know, the events are at best break-even, break but we uh, are driven by the philanthropy. And since I saw you last, Abe, uh, this is crazy to say, um, and they featured about, we had the feature in Cigar Aficionado. Yes. Uh, we've raised over $300,000 for different charities in the last, 18 months. I don't want to bring that up. I mean, this is not just guys Jeez. getting together. Yeah, no, it's so much bigger eating. than that. Yeah, you guys are raising a lot of money for charities. Yeah. I mean, every, every function is tied to some charity. Yeah, everyone's tied to something. So uh, New York City is uh, Madison Square Boys and Girls Club. The following week, we're doing Make-A-Wish up in Toronto, the Toronto chapter. Wow. And then we're doing Make-A-Wish again um, for the Super Bowl event. 
those of those those raises uh, come from the generosity of our stakesmen, and uh, we we do that by live auction, silent, and raffle. So it usually is a great raise, and every penny we raise goes directly from you or any other right. guests directly to the charity. Now, I just want to express to everybody who's listening how much of a real masochist you are, right? Because <laughs> he's just he's planning events nonstop. I mean, you, you got the Super Bowl event. Right. Then you have an event the night before the Great Smoke pre-event dinner. Yeah. So, I mean... And then you have the Great Smoke dinner the day after. Oh, and then we're going to Tampa on the Wednesday. That Wednesday after. Yeah. I mean, that's just abuse. It's abuse, but it's... I mean, look... We, we're doing this dinner on uh, February 20th, RMLC4FORJordan.com. One of our stakesmen's sons is beyond sick, and they have to raise a ton of money for um, to help discover a cure, not fund or wow. get the cure. They have to create it. Wow. So um, that is behind your store. Um, and I At the Museum 66. At the Museum 66. One of the coolest. Car, car garages, man cave, man cave pinball haven, yep. place you could go. Did you go ever to that? I, I didn't, but I've heard it's about amazing. it. I've done two events with Evan and me. I've been there. It's just what a cool spot. Yeah, so we're going to go there. We may be crashing whatever great smoke party you're doing that night Come on afterwards. Down. Who we got that night? That's Friday. That's no, Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday, Thursday they'll be in West Palm. Oh, so okay. it's a little bit of a drive. But look, a lot of people fly in. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of people at both those locations. Absolutely. They'll be packed. So we got a lot of good things going on preemptively now for the Great Smoke. And so. I have, I'll tell you, out of any event I've ever done, I've ha- I have more stuff to raise money for for this Jordan uh, Ogman. Um, so I think that that raise is going to be off the charts, off the charts. I even hired a professional auctioneer. Normally, no, I'm the one that does you it. Do, you do, <laughs> yeah. And it's if I mean the only reason why I'm really throwing these is, events is, is just be... so I can hold a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I you feel very comfortable. I feel very comfortable with a mic in my hand. But I got a professional auctioneer. I hired a Sinatra singer. So it's going to be just a really cool. Is it going to be like a Sotheby's style auction or like a country farm kind of auction? I am only into country farm. That's what I'm hoping. I would love. I may auction off one of that guy's cars without him knowing. Well, if you get enough money for it, he won't care. Exactly. When we talk about a museum, this guy actually has like one of one cars. One of one cars. One of one made. Yeah. And he's letting a bunch of guys in there have a dinner. Like where mm-hmm. these cars are just like I've seen the pictures. Beautiful place. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It's beautiful. It re- it really is. It's a special spot. And uh so the, yes, we are going to Tampa and then um we're gonna I'll release the details, but you know my uh the event that we did in Nashville with my new best friend Luke Bryan, who was there. Yes, as oh. you saw. Uh we're gonna go oh, back and gonna we're gonna, gonna do so a jealous. real yeah, we're gonna do an event again with them uh at his steakhouse in April. So that's going to be coming up as well. We're going back to Nashville. And I hope to layer on, uh, well, we're going to do Melbourne in March. Then I got to do something else again in April down here. Look so, at him. He's just insane. True masochist. Well, I think I can see it being every Thursday, us doing a big <laughs> event. I can't be at all of them, but there's a chance that if I got all those air miles, maybe I can turn them in. Is some sort of luxurious vacation for just my wife. She'll go away just yeah, on her own. Yeah. 
she'll, she'll, yeah. uh, I'll see you on Monday. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of events, but there's a lot of goodness. I mean, it's hard not to to be involved in to be it. involved yeah. in it when you, you know? can do it and do things that are good for people. Yeah, and, yeah, I can see that. You know? So just so our listeners know, right? Anybody who's like bonding with this moment, looking mm-hmm. at this. Mountain of meat that I'm going to start like cutting up. And yeah, what's up with the burgers? Yeah, I was, yeah, I'm just just wondering. Yeah. I've been wondering about that for like a couple minutes. Right, as soon as we take a break, coming up in a few seconds, we're going to start slicing. But um, if you're bonding, you could be part of this on, as, a, as a social club, even if there's not a chapter anywhere near you. Yeah, right? exactly. You got a Facebook group. We have a Facebook group, and I wanted, I wanted to, I have, a, I wanted, I brought in a couple tickets, if that's okay. What have you? Uh, I have. So I'm going to do a contest, and I've never done. I don't think a contest this cool before. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask people to go to the closed group of the Red Meat Lovers Club. There's an open ha- group? There's an open group, Why but I really don't pay confuse everybody. I know, I know. And you know what? I did that, uh, and then I regretted it. <laughs> but then it was, before I had 600 members in like three weeks before I, the regret started Sunk happening. In, right? So uh, people who um, asked to join today at the Red Meat Lovers Club cost nothing. Uh, I'm going to get them a couple tickets to the Super Bowl event that we're having. And our hold on, hold on, you got to be clear about this now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Anybody who joins today, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna randomly pick someone. Okay, right. so there's yeah. gonna be winners, yeah. not based every on single who person. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't rent the football field. Right. Uh, so I was gonna anybody, say anybody yep. who goes to the closed group, yep. Red Meat Lovers Club today, mm-hmm. whether you're local or if you're even out of town and coming into the Super Bowl, doesn't yep. matter. Mm-hmm. If you sign up today, he's going yeah. to look at all the people who requested to join today, mm-hmm. and you're going to randomly give away a couple tickets to yeah. your pre-Super Bowl event. To the, yeah, to the January 30th. Nice. There you have And it. if they're not, if I pick them and they're not in the area, I uh, brought in that spatula, the mm. Red Meat Lovers Club spatula, and then I brought in a t-shirt so they can have something if they're saying, well, I can't fly in for the Super Bowl event, but I, I won, so... I'm gonna leave that here. With I'm just you. I'm just gonna sit with this. Abe, like right Abe's here, gonna right? cover the shipping. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I got it covered. No problem. <laughs> no problem. All right. So listen. Yeah. Once again, dude, Adam, I love you, got you bro. I, I love you Thank too. Thank you for coming in. Always You're doing welcome. great work. Always feeding us. And a little excited, actually very excited, and a little bit scared of the upcoming great smoke dinner. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot to it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I want to thank you also for uh, that for partnering with us again. Oh. On the uh, the cigar uh, of the what, red what, meat lovers, one of my cigar. favorites. I mean, oh, I gotta get a signed five dollar yes. bill from you, and that's oh, why I brought it up. You gotta find a that's sharpie. Why I, why? That's why I brought it up. We Can you talk sign. about what the? Yeah, I mean, it, it, let's look because it, it, it came out on social media, so it's, mm-hmm. it's not a secret. So, you know, we ran out pretty fast last time. Yeah, I mean, I like, remember it was a little over a month. It didn't last, and always historically when I've done these micro blend projects, I you know. There's two different philosophies, right? Like we do a lot of projects with, with the fine folks over at the dojo, right? Yeah. And he kind of he's found his sweet sweet spot number. He wants to do a project where literally like in two hours they're gone, right? And, that, and that's it. But see, I'm the a re- dojo, the dojo, the dojo yep. guys. No. <laughs> but I'm a brick and mortar retailer, right? Yeah. So I I like to have them last a couple months because right? if somebody hears about right. it, yeah. What happens is all these posts come up. People say, "Oh, what was this great cigar everybody's talking about?" I don't have go any. look for it. It's mm-hmm. gone, right? So last year it went too fast, and some people thought it lasted long because Steve Socket asked me to uh, stash away 50 so that he would have some for the Great Smoke when he came in February. But they didn't last that long. We had hidden those and then bought them out for the Great Smoke. Uh, right. I do, so, I do remember that. So this year my intention that. was I was going to double the run, right? 
and they're almost gone. I think we're down to our last maybe hundred or, or whatever. But we oh, doubled the yeah, run. I should probably get one of those. So we doubled the run, and you know, I love my man. This guy's super pat. You got to be super passionate to do All stuff right. that Evan does. So. He thought we'd sell out in two weeks. I'm like, there's not going to oh, happen. Oh, so you made a bet yeah, with him? I made a bet. Wait, it's not going to happen in two weeks. I said, believe me, I've been doing this 20-some years. I thought it'd be 20 minutes. Yeah, he, he really did. <laughs> and then, and then he, I gave him a month. Right. And, and I told him at the end of the month, we'll probably sell out the five, 600 tops. Yeah. And the rest will trickle through for the next you know, 36 days, which is my intent. Which is what you want. That's what, what you I want, want anyway. And that's right. pretty much exactly where we landed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I've learned. Well, at least it was only $5. If there's a tobacco bet, <laughs> there's a good chance Abe knows more than I do about it, which but, is. You just smoke the stuff. But we, yeah. I told him that. I said, look, man, if I'm looking to find the best steaks or how to cook, you're the guy I'm calling. Yeah. I told him, don't bet me on this. I've been in retail 20 some years. He tried I, to stop you. He I, gave you I, an I, out. I did try to stop him. I literally did. But he was. But you know what? Those are my favorite kind of bets to lose. Yeah. So those, I win, no, and I, I too. I'm on advantage. I, I win right, either that way. That would be awesome. I win either way. So, but I I had the cigar obviously again, and I got a lot of them. They're so good. They're really good. And I'm so proud of that project because anyone I've ever met who I trust loves that cigar. It's, it's a great. It's a great. You know, and you talk about value. You know, you can get a great thirty dollars cigar. You can get a really good. Twenty dollar cigar, that that cigar was eleven dollars and ninety five cents. That pleasure you get out of that hour, I'll match yep, it. I agree. Give yeah. me any cigar, anyone, I and agree. I absolutely adore it. And I love the packaging. No. <laughs> the packaging's great. Yep, I really do. The butcher, I, I, it's it's is it actual butcher paper? Real butcher paper. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Yeah. Zaka, Zaka, Zaka had it at his Zaka, house. Sockalicious. Steve probably, probably went litmus, litmus tested, like butcher paper, to see which right. would be the best quality, and most consistent. How, yeah. We've <laughs> aged the butcher paper right? as well right. with the cigars. Barrel, we've barrel aged the butcher paper. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, you won't taste the nuances, but I know, I know that that bourbon barrel will right. come out if you write a story poem on the butcher paper. You know, well, you gotta, the secretary. Steak himself, Evan Darnell. Thank you Love for having really. me. Thanks for coming on. Love being here. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Keep recruiting men to our cause yep. here because it's awesome. Yep. And uh, after the break, we got William Cooper, and we're going to discuss some awesome and fancy, not yeah. so awesome stuff going on in yep. our industry. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Red Meat Lovers Club. That's it. Keep it there lit. You You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram too. Yes, it's mandatory. Dan Blunt here for Alec Bradley Cigars. You ever plunk down hard-earned cash for a cigar? You're hoping you just bought yourself a nice drive through taste town. Only discover you're in the slow lane with a clunker. That sucks. Say goodbye to bad rides. Test drive an Alec Bradley cigar today. At Alec Bradley, they get it. Whether we're talking about life or cigars, it's all about the ride. Fuel your soul and experience inspiration with the Aging Room Quattro Series by Rafael Nodal. More than just a master blender, but the inspired composer of four boutique masterpieces for the sophisticated palate of an aficionado. The Aging Room Quattro Series are a perfect core to flavor and aroma and are born from the best tobaccos aged under the expertise of one of the greatest names in cigar making. Truly the perfect notes for a genuine cigar smoking experience. Aging Room Quattro Series, a quartet of excellence. 
Presents. Hoya de Nicaragua proudly announces the release of Cuatro Cinco Reserva Especial, a carefully modified recipe containing a unique and exceptional selection of barrel-aged grade-A fillers and a beautiful silky shade-grown Habano wrapper. From the legendary Jalapa Valley, producing small quantities, this exceptional medium to full-bodied cigar will continue to captivate consumers with its rich Nicaraguan complexity, subtle woody and sweet flavors, and a velvety finish. Try a Cuatro Cinco Reserva Especial today. CLE Cigar Company presents CLE Cigars, Eroa Cigars, and Asylum Cigars. With four generations and over 120 years of experience in tobacco, from seed to smoke, these cigars are produced in Honduras and Nicaragua with the utmost care and precision possible. CLE Cigar Company introduces a vast array of tobaccos in various sizes to bring the highest quality of premium tobacco direct for your enjoyment. Visit CLECigars.com for more information. Since their humble beginnings in 1998, Drew Estate has believed that the production floor is the crossroads between art and passion and where the real magic takes place. Drew Estate Master Blender Willie Herrera has crafted a unique medium-bodied line extension that is creamy, lush, and ultra-smooth and finished off with a flawless shade wrapper that delivers satisfaction in spades. Continuing the story from their factory floor, it is with great bravado that the Drew Estate presents Under Crown Shade, a true Drew experience. A Toscano cigar is the perfect combination of American and Italian craftsmanship. Made with American and Italian dark-fired cured tobacco, Toscano cigars are produced by hand by the cigar rollers of Luca, Italy. Smoking a Toscano helps you escape from the real world for those few perfect minutes, like when you're sitting at home on a terrace after a long day's work pondering life and how beautiful things are. A Toscano cigar can take you back through over 200 years of history and elegance. There's only one Toscano. Available worldwide, Toscano is now available at your local premium cigar retailer. The Oliva family, the makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available. For seven straight years, Cigar Aficionado has rated Oliva as one of the best cigars of the year. And Oliva has a cigar for all smokers. From the newly released Gilberto Oliva Reserva to the bold and rich Oliva Serie V. Oliva cigars can be found at a tobacconist near you. So always ask for Oliva. An unbeatable value and uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. Ventura Cigar Company is a boutique cigar brand born in sunny Southern California. Ventura Cigar Company is on a mission to create memorable, complex cigar blends that excite the senses and reward discriminating palates. Experience the Cigar Aficionado number 13 Cigar of the Year. The archetype, Axis Mundi. Rise up, step up, look up, fire up, and leave compromise behind with Ventura Cigar Company. Check them out online at VenturaCigar.com. Welcome back. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram too. Yes, it's mandatory. Welcome back to KMA Talk Radio. I am Adam K. the Brewmeister. Sorry, I'm still trying to chew from this delicious burger I was just uh, enjoying. Courtesy of Evan Darnell and the Red Meat Lovers Club. Make sure you check out the redmeatloversclub.com. And the Facebook group. If you go and join the Facebook group, you can also then. Uh, I can't see you if you're the show's up. out of control. Sorry. We have a up. shot of I your. Had, I had to move food. my. I had to move my chair so we can get out. We got cut, cutting up food. Oh my god, that food is so good. I'm stuffed. I'm not. <laughs> man, I usually I don't eat. eat breakfast. I usually don't. Eat, oh, I usually don't eat tater tots, but man, cut AJ. that. Cut that. Cut that half in half, and we can share that. Yeah, you I, see what I'm saying? Derek and I will share it. Thanks. Oh. 
You like that move? Story of my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get the Get steak. Eat the, don't eat the potato. Take that meat, you ballish wonder. The potatoes wonder. are good, mm-hmm. too, though. <laughs> Take the meat. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. ballish wonder. Mm-hmm. Are you a vegan now, AJ? Hell no. So, uh, anyway. I'm just uh, making sure. There's three, there's three pieces. First come, first serve. I'm trying to talk. Yeah. I got the meat yeah. sweats right just so, now. Just so people who don't know, though most people do know because I post on social media, mm-hmm. I got this wad of money that I've collected over the years. And what was really nice is the night we went out to dinner with Jeff Gruber, we ran into a guy who I hadn't seen in 10 years who lost the biggest bill ever to me, a $50 the bill. The $50 one? Yes. I've seen that Danny one. Danny Winters, great guy. But I have this thing because, you know, as competitive men do... When we think we're right, we always say, you want to bet? You want to bet? You want to bet? You just say, I want to bet. You want to bet to everything. You no, know, we, we did this growing up as friends. Do you want to bet? You want to bet? I'll bet you 10 bucks. We, we do that. And the 10 bucks or the five bucks or whatever it is, it's meaningless, right? So I started this thing where it'd be like nominal bills, though there is a 50 and some mm-hmm. 20s, but mostly they're fives or singles or 10s. And now a 10. Now a 10. I got a few 10s in there. But I, I make them sign it. You were right. I was wrong. And I keep it. So did he, Evan he, sign it that way? He signed Well, I don't know. No, he, he did not. He wrote, I love RMOC and Abe we trust. I lost the secretary. Here's <laughs> the bill. I'm all right with that. Here's the bill. <laughs> and I got a feeling I'm going to have another fresh. This is the first one from Evan. Because I have got multiples. another bet with you? I got multiples. No, I got multiple. I got guys who've lost three, four, five, six. Yeah, guys. oh, yeah. But um, I, I love the fresh meat ones. And I got a bet with Jonathan Carney. And I have a feeling that that's going to be another smooth $5 bill in my collection. Oh, no. Yeah. There's got to be probably, I don't know, what, 150 bills? Oh, at least. 150 plus bills it's a, there. It's a solid stack. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. solid. It's a solid stack. All right, so we got we got Coop on the phone? Is he on the phone? Yeah, he's here. All right, we All got right. stuff to talk about today. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, y'all, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Here at first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. Wait, wait, wait. Well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is this you're bringing me? I need a uh, burger sauce. Dude! We ate the, the burger one. already! <laughs> and now you're giving us the sauce? And I made it also <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh. Now you gotta go bring another tray this so is, we can have the sauce. Somebody throw some more tater tots over here. Listen, we'll, we'll be is, here for a little bit. You can bring a couple more burgers. This guy's nuts. Coop, Happy New Year! Happy New Year. I didn't want to interrupt you guys' lunch there. I mean, <laughs> Dude, there's times where you really want to be in studio. Today's oh. one of those days. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I, I, but I did a, I did a cholesterol uh, nightmare over the last few weeks. So. Dude, <laughs> I, I literally asked you on social media what your cholesterol level. I mean, I've never seen anybody eat so unhealthy. It was, yeah, when you're up in New York, you're going to eat unhealthy. There's no way around it. All right, come on, Coop. Let's be real. I see you eating healthy all year long, everywhere you go. That's true. Lobster yes, that's rolls, true. Uh, you know, pizza. I mean, come you on. Know, I was telling you, when Burgers. I had a health scare and I was eating healthy, it, it didn't do me any good. So what's, what's the point of eating healthy? <laughs> that's because you, know? you were you were obviously sick before that, so they it couldn't bring you back, Coop. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot going on. We we had a three week hiatus, which mm-hmm. sucked. Um, yes, yeah. You, I mean, know, you announced your top 25 on. of the year. Yep. All right, so you, why, did you get to number one yet? Did you do the whole thing? Mm-hmm. The number one, yes, I got the number one. Why it was announced Monday. It was, it, was a, uh, it was a surprise pick. It was a pick uh, 
probably a cigar people haven't heard of, and, and um, I went a lot more on merit. There was a cigar called the Saga Short Tales uh, Tomo Number no. 6, a, a San Andres Maduro from the Reyes family in the Dominican Republic. Really? That is a um, surprise. Yeah, it was. It really was the best performing cigar in my mind. And, you know, Abe, I can get into this a lot. I think a lot of these lists have become very cookie-cutter, very predictable over the last few years. And it's the same brands getting on there. I'm not saying they're not great cigars, but a lot of the reviewers I don't think are expanding their horizons in terms of what they're smoking throughout the year. So it's the same cigars, kind of same brands getting rated all the time. So I've tried to go a little wider. Um, yeah. I think, this year. I think and, and this year happened just being unknown that got it. I think you're absolutely right. I think what happens is is no one really wants to say this is my favorite cigar and then nobody's heard of it or knows what it is. Mm-hmm. They don't want to lose that credibility or feel like they're going to lose some credibility because I just need a cigar that really nobody really knows what it is or it's not that popular, right? Or it's got a super small yeah. following. There's a little safety into picking a cigar that everybody's talking about on some level or is really well-known or very popular. Even if you haven't smoked it, you've seen it everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. wait, just, I, I just, just for our listeners' sake, because if I didn't catch it, they may not have I don't. It. I never even heard of it. I what not was, heard of it. What, who is the maker either. and what is the, the cigar? The Reyes family. Okay. So, so it's the Reyes family out of the Dominican Republic. They've been around a long time. Long but time. They've been growers. Yeah. So, you know, chances are if you're smoking a, a cigar, if you smoke Dominican cigars over the years, chances are there's a, a company that sourced the tobacco from them. Okay, okay. And they've had a brand for about five or six years right now. Um, like I said, they haven't had the footprint. Um, and normally I do look for a bigger footprint for a cigar of the year. This was a weird year with cigars. I, I just thought it was a down year in terms of what was released. Um, and everything just kind of came out weird. You know, it may have been a good year sales-wise, but I'm just saying what was released quality-wise was not as good as what we've seen in previous years. Paul wants to... Paul, stop looking at the food. You've already unbuttoned your pants. I didn't unbutton my pants. You're sitting there like Al Bundy with your hand down your pants. My hand's not down my pants. Stop looking at the food. It's just the food is so good, and he just just took it away. I just had him remove the 10 tater tots that were left in this 80-pound block that was in front of my face for the last 30 minutes. I could have eaten those with the sauce. So Saga is the brand, right, Coop? That's what I was just looking at. Yeah, Saga is the brand. Okay. Yes. I mean... I, listen, it, it'll be good for them. Uh, a lot of your readers will try it. What else? Give us your top ten, Coop. Um, the the number two was the Christoph Vengeance. So I think people have heard of that cigar. Um, you know that. By the way, I use a two year window for releases, so some may say it's a 2018 release, but it's just hard to get to everything in one year right now. So the Christoph Vengeance was number two. Number three was the Alec Bradley Project Forty. Uh Number four was uh, Jerry Tobacco's Aladino Corojo Reserva Toro. Uh, number five was Riste's uh, Jasam Colt Tyrannical Buck Maduro. Your pronunciation there was not stellar, but go ahead. JSK. Number six was also another cigar by Jerry Tobacco. It was the Aladino Maduro Corona. Um, seven was the Espinosa Rolanja Reserva Escuro. Yeah, I like that cigar. It's a great cigar. Mm-hmm. I like that cigar. Yep. Number eight was uh, the David P. Ellick PLM uh, by Mike Bellity. Uh, number nine was Aganorso Leaf Signature Maduro Robusto. And number 10 was the Crux Epicure Sal- Short Salomon. Interesting list. It was a little more boutique than I would have liked it this year, too. Interesting which, list. Um, I kind of like a balance normally. It, it came out a little more slanted boutique this year. 
What's wrong with Boutique? You complained before about Boutique. What's wrong with that? Um, I, I think I think now I think big has become bad, unfortunately. And, and um, no, but seriously, I think there's a lot of good cigars made by these big companies that get that get you know get lost because I think a lot of people get caught up in the romanticism of the boutique cigars. Nothing wrong with that, but I like a balance. I really like to have a balance. I don't ergo, play one side or the other side. Ergo, ergo, you have a collaboration then with a small boutique. All comes back full circle. All comes back. All right, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about, Coop. Mm-hmm. I'm going. Yes, I, I don't. Yes. Want, I don't want to feel like I'm using you as a punching bag this afternoon. So I'm wh- sure you will, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll well, you, at least you know. I'll let you start in which topic you'd like to address first. Uh-huh. Oh, what a gentleman! What, what's good? Well, let's get because we you already talked about it at the beginning of the show. Let's get a little bit about um, what, the announcement yesterday. Um, and Abe, I don't think you're going to punch me on this one. I think you and I are on the same page as far as these uh, these big four pulling out right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what's, t- tell us what your read is. Um, well, this was no surprise, first of all. Um, and the reason why it was no surprise is we started hearing the, at the trade show that the bigger... Normally what happens is that the 2019 trade show, they start reserving booth space for 2020. Not just reserving, they start leaving hearing, a deposit. They start leaving cash they money. They start leaving deposits, right? We started hearing right then and there that wasn't happening. We were hearing that at the trade show. Yep. It, after the trade show, that it didn't happen. Then I started hearing from some of the smaller companies saying, hey, they haven't put their deposits down because they're waiting to see what these bigger companies were doing. So time, there was eventually going to be a point where they were going to have to make a decision. Either they were going to have to put the deposits down or, or not go. And that's what we heard yesterday. Um, so the ship sailed, I think, for 2020. These, these companies are not going to be at the trade show this year. Can they get them back for 2021? I don't know. I mean, I, I do feel we need these companies. It's, one of the media guys used a great analogy. His name's, um, he used them saying that if you look at a, a mall, the mall has like what they call anchor stores. Right. Picture a mall losing all four of its anchor stores. And that's essentially what happened at our trade show here. It, it's not a good sign for the mall well, I mean, as look, a whole. It's, it's not a good sign for the mall as it currently exists. Okay, there are malls without anchors. But that's what I talked about earlier in the show. A pivot has to be made here, whether it's a pivot to get these guys back or a pivot to move forward without their existence. A pivot's got to be made, whether they are up for that kind of a challenge. I have no idea. Um, I think it's a sad testament to one of the oldest organizations in our industry. I think it's almost 85, 86, 87 years old. Um, and it, 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 it just it's mind-blowing that it's gotten to this point. And, um, you know, where it goes from here is going to be interesting Interesting to see. I mean, there's definitely things that they have to address. Will they address it? I don't know, Coop. I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I think when, in hindsight, when all said and done, if, if this unravels and the, this, the trade show as we know it dissipates, right, either doesn't exist, evolves into some other kind of show, gets absorbed in the TPE and the... PAC, uh, PAC become one show. PCA. PCA. Uh, no matter what happens, I think historically we'll look back, and I, I think you can pinpoint this to one single action that ultimately started the landslide. What would that action be? That would Is it, be, do you think it was? That would be undoubtedly Cigar Con. It was the catalyst. And what happened is I agree with you on that because right then and there, it, it it gave leverage to these companies. That's that exactly, happened last year. That's exactly what yep. it did. Because 
this was talked about for years. I mean, the threats of mm-hmm. leaving the show, yep. starting our own show, start, it's been going on for over a decade, right? And right. Um, no one wanted to be the guy to pull the trigger, right? No one really wanted to be the guy to pull the trigger. Sorry, I think a lot of it was just threats and hopes that they would change or fix things. And I think when they made a very bad judgment call, oh, let's announce this big thing like it was big news and didn't really vet what the feeling was going to be and how it was going to be taken and just made assumptions that were completely wrong. And they made this big press release and all this thing and this is what we're going to do. And then when the backlash came out, it gave them a reason to finally say, hey, look, this is stupid. We already get abused. We already, you know, donate, uh, you know, sponsor so much money. We're the biggest one. And now they want us to give out more free cigars and extra day pay and setting people I think it just pushed them over the edge, and they used the not yep. paying the deposit as a leverage, and then realized, hey, look, we didn't pay a deposit. If we're ever going to do this, this is the year, and I think that's what happened. You, you totally nailed it. I mean, that's exactly what how I read it too. It um, there's, you know, that's that's what happens in these types of things too. You know, the, there's another irony though of this whole thing is that you know we've heard for years that. The criticism of the trade show deals being offered, um, you know, outside the trade show, and these four companies were probably all doing that. I mean, that's safe no, no, to say no, they no, were no, all no, doing. No, 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 probably. No, 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 no. Let me let me correct you. They weren't probably doing it. They're the people that I mean, started doing. They started yeah. doing it. Yeah, they started it. Yeah, you don't need to come. I got. They you. were the creators of. Let's get all our reps to hit the floor in the country because we have more reach than all these other companies. And yep. let's get them to hit these retailers and get their money before they get to the show. They instigated it. Right. That way we can party at the show and not worry so much about how many sales we make. Well, you want to tie up as many of the dollars, budget dollars, as you no, can before people went to the it trade makes, show. It makes sense. Yeah. It, it makes sense, yeah. but and then all, I, all of it was something that was adding and creating the future problem that they all end up complaining about. You know, So they, they actually instigated yeah, it, their it, own it, issues. Now, the, the, the PCA, RTDA, IPCPR, whatever you want to call it, in my opinion, is that fault of not finding a way to control it, react to it, work around it, address it, make ancillary real reasons to want to come to a trade show every year. They just didn't really work on it and just figured it, things People just, will just come people no just, matter what. The they have show. to come. It's 85 it's years. Show. It's... Yeah, and that, that's the mistake that happens. It, totally. Totally, because you saw it last year when they said, okay, we can have a trade show 4th of July week, and it's going to work, right? And and what happened? That fell right, that backfired miserably on them. They didn't realize that that was going to happen. Coop, how long have you been going? No matter what. How long have you been going to the trade show, Coop? I've been going since 2010. Were you going as media then, or were you there as a customer of somebody? Like they say um, they don't have on the, the floor? Fir- or? The, the first year I was I was actually uh, working with a retailer um, doing business development. Uh, okay. The other, all the other nine years were media. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mentioned this in my post. You know, it wasn't that long ago where the trade show was just literally a hotel room floor. And you said where the doors were open and people would go in and out of rooms, right? People just wander up and down the hallway going room yep. to room where the manufacturer were, and then it became this epic organization mm-hmm. that, that, you know, getting dismantled now. It's, 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 tra- it's, it's an utter tragedy now. I've reached out to a lot of people. Listen, it's really funny because three of the big four that pulled out have already reached out to me to see. They were concerned to see if I'm going to be upset because some retailers have already made the decision. Well, if you're not part of the the, I'm not going to carry. I'm you. not going to carry your brand. Really? 
you know, I think it's idiotic. Yes. Any retailer, I don't yeah. care, because I, I can't remember who said it. At the end of the Somebody day, posted, you're hurting you're, your own business. You're, no, you're hurting your own business. You're hurting your clients. Yep. Your clients ain't going to care whether these brands are at the PCR and the five or ten that are on Facebook shouting, you know, whatever. It could affect your business. Right. The average the average cigar smoker doesn't. I want to see I want to see a brick and mortar who's going to survive not caring anything from General Davidoff, Drew Estate, and Alton. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I want I want to see you're going to be serving pizzas and burgers to to compensate for your loss of revenue. I'll get you an application from me. You know, you might as well put the Slurpee machine yeah. in now. So <laughs> never work. Well, I love therapy. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you just can't make that kind of a statement. It's just you know reactionary and really not really thought out, you know. But they've all reached out to me to see how upset I'd be about it, like as if I would have any bitter feelings toward them, which I don't, because at the end of the day, a business has to do what's best for its business right, to thrive. This is a business. This wasn't a, an emotional. We want to punish you. These guys have been begging the trade show organization to make changes for decade plus. Work. Staffing, set Yeah, up. whatever. I mean, they've been asking to make changes. Do you know, and this was during my era, right? Now, I just want you to picture this. For years, they fought just to have representation on the board. The, all No manufacturers. Now, imagine, this, this show revolves around them. Right. None of them had, I, I think my year, my inaugural year was like the first year they allowed somebody. From the group. For, I, I, I forget what they call it. It's a position. Um, where it's the guy who represents the manufacturers on the floor. A manufacturer liaison. No, no, I forget what it is, but he's actually a board member that's not okay. a retailer, right? So, and that was like such an, why? Why wouldn't you want their input? You know what I mean? Right. I, I, I just never understood the philosophy and the principles, even the three years I was on the board myself. It just seemed so ass backwards. It didn't make sense to me. So, you know... Because it's the way it always was. They that, you do, find that in a lot of industries. Listen, they, have people to wanna... do, they have to do what they feel is best. And, and look, it's no secret. Everybody talks about financially. A trade show doesn't really make a lot of sense for a lot of people, right? And um, guys have now, I mean, Pete Johnson made a post yesterday. Did you read it, Coop? Yes. And he, he showed his support. He's going to the trade show. I, I mean, mean he, um... he made an outward post. We're going to support it. We're going and sing and an organization we believe in, and we're going to continue to lobby. And I actually reached out to him to see if he would call in today just to discuss it, whatever, but he's actually in Nicaragua yeah. and getting on a plane. We, but, he, we were actually trying to get him to come on one of these two weeks here anyway, uh, which would have uh, been perfect. Eventually, but. some decade, we'll get him on. He, he wants, he's always he, out of the country. Listen, you, you, know how you, you, know how, you know how you get Pete Johnson on our show? Sell just, product? No, just tell him, just have Will Cooper invite him. Tell him he's doing a show here in Florida, and we'll just oh. bait and switch him. <laughs> He likes to do everybody's show. He likes to do everybody's show, but ours. Coop, get him, him to everywhere. come on next yeah. week. Yeah, Coop, work your magic. So, um, well, he'll be here for the great smoke because you know. The, so, well, we won't be doing a show live. No, there, but. no, but uh, we, 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 the guys will come in. They'll be the first guys in the country to get the new Anarchy Chaos, mm-hmm. the third variation of the Anarchy series oh, cigars. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and then I think the full line will be released in March after the Great Smoke. But um, Pete's already come out. And look, here's the problem. I I see already a lot of mid-level guys who say, well, God, if these guys ain't going, what's the attendance going to be this year? That's a scary thought. And I think some of them are going to say, hey, I know I gave a $10,000 deposit, but it's going to cost me another $80,000 to go. And we're going to lose. I'm just going to eat my ten. dollars they do it? 
I think I think they already were going to have a bad weekend in yep. Vegas, and that's what the ten grand was, as you like. Write <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> it off, right? Yep, and right, right. Yeah, I mean, yep. that's probably what half of, that's probably half the amount that Eric Espinosa would have lost. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Eric, if Eric doesn't go, he can just say, "I just saved ten grand. I'm up. I'm good." Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> sorry, Eric. But, I mean, so, Coop, I have to ask, I mean, a lot of other guys have come out. Are you keeping a tally now of anyone who's come out and said they are not going? That's a great do, question. Do you have a, a number yet? Because I know yesterday you had put uh, that Scott Weeks came out and said he wasn't going to go. Scott Weeks has been talking about not going for at least well, five years. Well, he didn't go. He did not go he one year. He skipped one year. That's or right. one year, yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah he was there last year. Um yeah, he said he wasn't going. Mike Bellity said he wasn't going. There's oh, a bunch of companies that are right now um, not sure. So there what are about some companies that are making I, some I see the protocol guys got not going. I see. What about the Caldwell guy? What about Caldwell? Are they going? He may not. Look, it depends. I, I don't. Yeah, some, I don't have any insight into what, what Caldwell is doing. Yeah. I know the protocol guys are tied to Espinosa, and I don't think Espinosa has made a final decision yet. My gut tells me Eric will go. It, Eric will go because. Yeah, Here, here's that's gonna, Eric, here's, yeah. yeah. Here's going to be the defining moment, right? If you're a romanticist, which a lot of guys in this industry are, right? They believe in the history and the romance and whatever. They're going to go no matter what, whether it's financially sound, whether it's smart. They're going to go because they're compelled because they feel that that's what's supposed to be done at this time. It's the trade show. How can you not be the trade show? I think the companies that are more fisc- fiscally run actually look at numbers and not worry about perception or image and what it stands for, they're going to have a harder time making that decision to go. Yes, they, they definitely are. Coop, are you, uh, familiar no with what the, are you familiar with what the Boutique Cigar Association said about this? Some, one of our listeners is asking if well, how we feel about it. I'm, I'm looking for it now. Uh, I was a little disappointed in their, in their response because they were kind of... Um, I think they kind of called out saying how they was you know how they support everybody right when the boutique cigar association I think really has their own agenda which is the smaller companies um what I would it, I would have called for unity if I was the boutique cigar association um they like I said they came out in support of um of PCA and CRA and they really called out you know these four companies for being the four companies that are trying to uh block an exemption for, for regulation and I'm like I don't think we need to go down that road right now. I really think this is about kind of trying to fix the trade show, and, and that's another issue right now um, entirely because yeah. all these companies sell cigars. So I was disappointed with their reaction. Yeah, I that. don't think this decision was sidewinding, politically motivated at all. I think this is just straight-up decision that they, they feel abused. They feel like they've been it's abused for a while. They feel money. like, it's yeah, money. They, yeah. Feel yeah. like it's, they, they, they feel like they carry the weight. And listen, let's face it, they do bring a lot of people to the show. They probably create the most revenue for the show. And a lot of the mid- and low-level guys get the benefit of that. And then when they need more money or they want to find a way to... I mean, listen, look, this thing of CigarCon, right? Whatever, 300, 600, 800, but whatever. And you only got 20 cigars, right? Who who do you think was going to give out the 20 cigars? (laughs) Right. It was going to be Drew State. Exactly. Yeah. So, So here we are. Now we're getting abused again. We're getting abused yeah. more. So, you know, it's sad. But like I said, I believe everything is salvageable with the right plan. I think if they pivot, make the right decisions, they could turn it around. I just don't know if anybody's that dedicated to it as a full-time thing to turn it around, right? Turning around something like this is not like, you know, you're in a little it, Fiat making a U-turn. <laughs> you know, you're in a, you no. know. Why are you looking at me? I don't drive a Fiat. 
I would, but I exactly. Don't. You just <laughs> exactly right. a fine Italian automobile. But you know, like a, you know, an eighty-ton you know trailer hitch and doing ninety miles an hour down a highway and then trying not to jackknife it, turning around. It's gonna be a big, big to do. I want to correct the number just quick before you because yeah. I I stated something incorrectly or I read it incorrectly from another Shocker. source. Uh-huh. It's incorrect on another source, and Coop, it was not yours, yours that I got it from. I said it was. Uh, the PCA officially said that it is that all four of the big companies take up twelve percent of the showroom floor, not eighteen or twenty percent like we had previously uh, talked about. I think, I think no I, way. Maybe I, they're. Oh, it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, maybe well, they're. Yeah, you know what? I mean, look, downplaying it. Well, maybe downplaying, maybe not, mm. but. I, I promise you, it's it's, it's still forty percent of the, the revenue. People go to it's that the, show just to it's see the presence of the yeah. show. Well, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, like Davidoff, Davidoff has a city, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They got like a little, like you know, some little town village in there, right? Oh, that the la- I watched the videos of people touring that yeah. weird with the light show inside and the dark room and, and, and the weird setups. They yeah. put a lot of work. Yeah, in. yeah it was Drew, insane. Drew Estate's size booth has never been of epic epic proportions. You know, I, 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 they're definitely large scale. I'm not sure how much bigger Davidoff is compared to them or whatnot. You know, um, outside of the one bridge they had, a, outside of the one year they had a bridge and whatever, it's usually a pretty simplistic square pattern, open space. They like their open spaces and to walk around. Um, but it's not just that, but these guys are the guys generating major revenue for the show. Not too. to mention all the sponsorships for everything, yeah. everything that goes with that. Yeah. 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 And when you get people in their booths and, and, you know, when you get more foot traffic, right, at the show, it's better for everybody. You know, there's nothing like a booth overflowing. So what does that mean? Someone leaves that booth to go to another booth. I've heard people say they think this is a good thing. I'm like, I don't see how this is a good thing at all. And if attendance is anything like last year, they can't have another disastrous attendance year. Last year was an, you know, it was an embarrassment last year. And they can't have another embarrassment this year. So I don't see how this is going to help right now. Coop, Tatuaje pretty much uh, utilizes a booth with uh, my father's cigars as well, right? No, I think it's separated. Yeah, They're separated. They separated a few years ago. Yeah, okay. so uh, they they and they have a big booth. Tatuaje yeah. has got a, a pretty large booth. Maybe a, maybe the next size down from like uh, a Drew Estate, but an Altidus, but it was still a sizable booth. Well, I tell you, uh, in the upcoming weeks when we have you check in, it'll be interesting to see who you report as we hear who will or will not I'm, I'm very be attending to see. the uh, trade show. Yeah, I think you're going to, I think the big, I mean, a lot of people going to TP, I, look, I don't look at TP yet as challenging PCA despite this situation. I think, well, but coming out of TPA, I think you'll see people make decisions coming out of TPA. Some of these people going in to test the waters are going to see if this is viable or not, you know, to spend the money in um, in July. Absolutely. So, all right, Coop, there's the second big topic, which we have not even gotten to yet. Dun, dun, dun. You like yeah, that this, sound is, this is a different, this, this is going to be a little bit different, different conversation. <laughs> the tobacco purchasing age is now officially 21 as of December 21st, yeah. 2019. Yeah. What really shocked yeah, congratulations. me was... And congratulations for the absolute beating the cigar industry took on this. Because not the cigar, the whole tobacco industry just got Absolutely. beat on this. <laughs> Beaten what sense? Yeah. Are you getting? I mean, going? there, there no, was no, no there up. was no challenge to. I mean, and look, a lot of it was big tobacco, obviously not fighting this, right? But I'm not even talking tobacco. Nobody fought this, Abe. Maybe except that there were some folks in New Hampshire I know that did try to fight this. So I don't want to exclude them. But but this was going on for four or five years with all these uh, municipalities and states going down. And now the reaction is, we got to do something. We, I, I'm seeing, we got to do something. We got to contact Congress to get this overturned. 
I'm like, I'm like beside myself on that. How it, you had four or five years? I mean, I, I there were many people who were saying this is going to be end very badly, um, and it did. It, it was a big loss, and now everyone's upset. Okay, I, I think. Okay, so let's 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 address that part of it first. I think it's very hard for especially our side of the industry, the premium cigar side, which is even worse. Forget about the cigarette and all the other stuff. Just just our side, right? Because I'm pretty sure that's what you're most concerned with. I think yeah. it's very hard to try to have tried to justifiably fought that. I think you would have been hard-pressed to go and win. Because, look, one of the things that I always am conscious of is all our arguments typically make sense, right? We don't cater to kids. No one walking in our stores accidentally being exposed to tobacco. You're walking through our door. You're a grown adult. You know, you know what you're walking in for. You're not coming in for a Slurpee or a Big Gulp and, oh, look at all this great cigar. So... All our arguments, our, our, our stuff is an artisan product, it's not a low-end product, have always made logistical sense, right? What logistical aspect can you really try to lobby and hold an argument to have a position that a tobacco age should not be raised to 21 and stay for younger people? I'm hard-pressed to find an argument there that I can make a sound argument yeah and let me abe your one thing i'll agree with you at this point is this should not be blamed on our trade associations here okay or the cigar industry here um they were not going to spend it did not make financial sense for them to spend the lobbying dollars on on you know, on the organizations well, that's, however wait, 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 that's the other part of the equation is how much are we protecting what are we really fighting for that's the other side but right. before i even got to that part i'm just saying I can't even see myself say I was sitting in, in, in the office of a senator. Or I can't see the pitch or the argument that I could even, where I could sound coherent and, and, and not biased to say that raising the legal age of smoking from 18 to 21 is not right. I, I don't know. I don't see how I could do that. How is it? What was, why? I mean, you're saying... I understand what you're saying, but why would there's not there was nothing broken about this, right? There was nothing Excuse broken me, about I agree. this, and and, and I this agree. goes back to the debate about adulthood. Okay, that's another debate. You're, I, I want to stay on this topic for yeah. now, right? Let's not discuss okay. adulthood right, right. now. Let's just because we talked okay. about how nobody lobbied for it, nobody fighted for it. Look, it's not broken. That's when fine. I did nobody fought for it. I'm talking about the 18 to 21 year olds didn't even fight for this. No, because they're, they're all vaping. They can kill yeah, they don't, they uh, don't smoke. They vape. Smoking cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, but, that, but that affected well, them too. Cigarettes. It affected it them too. Smoking cigarettes, but because, vaping. Because, because here's the reality, right? Here's the reality as far as they're concerned. Anybody who's 18, 19, and 20 and is smoking is going to continue to smoke. Regardless not going to be an issue. It's yeah. not going to be an issue regardless of what the law says. Right, they may not be able to walk in right. and conveniently buy a pack when they really want one. They're just going to have people they know buy them their cigarettes and they're going to smoke. And technically, the way the law is written is, it's not legal for them to smoke. Just Most of them. the under twenty one so to buy, they didn't even know. Well, of they course. came in and yeah, had I to have a retailer tell yeah. them Hold that on. it's now twenty one and up. Oh, here you go. The fact should have made national news. The fact like, that they don't know is going to go to my second argument on why eighteen year olds really aren't adults anyway. Well, it wasn't on Instagram. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like it. So, so look, 
I, I just want people to understand who listens. There's, a, there's a guy, Reagan Ray, from DTD Cigar Shop, where it is. He keeps calling me a boomer. He called me a boomer, and then he called me uh, uh, a millennial, which I'm neither. I'm not, That's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm Generation X, but, you know, he's out there. What am I going to do? I got employees that are under 21. Like, dude, like your world's going to stop, right? I mean, these aren't arguments. These aren't feasible arguments. And first off, as far as I know, Every state I've been into, you could work a bar and be a bartender. So far that I've been into, I'm sure there's probably some states there. Yeah. But you could be 18 and work in a bar as a server and a sure. bartender. I had a cousin who owned his own liquor store at 18 in Chicago. Wow. Owned it. That's he's he that's a little, ballin, man. He bought a little court. Yeah, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go to college when he graduated high school. There was a little Quick Mart convenience store across the street from it, across the street from his junior high. Man <laughs> with the plan. Right, where he used to go there and probably steal stuff after school, right? Yeah. It was a little, and he bought it and opened up a little liquor store at 18. Good for him. Couldn't drink liquor, but he was selling it, right? So, I mean, there's not, as far as I'm concerned, there's not a plausible argument to fight this. And I have, you know, a dozen or so retail cigar shops, right? And two of my employees are in this room right now. I can't say that there's a significant segment of 18, 19, 20 year olds that are coming into my establishment. Uh, you can count on two hands, uh, the underage uh, coming in. Well, now underage. Now, but it was yeah. legal before, it was right? Legal before. Yeah. I mean, it, so what are we? What are we going to fight? We going to fight? Is this the fight with all the things that we have? To, is this yeah. the fight that our industry really wants to take up? So I think that's why there wasn't such a big outcry hmm. and and to try to battle this because. I just don't think there's really a sound Florida argument. definitely has you a lot. You can't in one side in argue we don't cater though. to children. Most of our people are professional people, career adults who want, enjoy the passion, and then argue, no, but we want 18, 19, and 20-year-olds to smoke on, on the second right. side of that coin. Right. It's, it's a hard argument See, but, to make. But there's a bigger picture here. This These moves are being made as a series of prohibition-type moves. I get it. This wasn't like when they raised the age of the drinking age from 18 to 21, right? Right point. These, this, you, you are going to see them come back with a next step with 23 or 25. Sometime in this decade, you, you well, will see it. I understand. And you can put, mark the show down but here's, and remember I said that. But here's the problem. It's going right? to happen. But here's the problem. It won't be that easy. And I know you don't believe that, but here's the thing. There's a big difference between the 18-year-old exactly. and the 25-year-old. There's it's going to be a big problem. It won't be that easy. Sure, that's their game plan. I don't see it happening, right? So now it goes on to our second thing, which which really surprised me, because you were prolifically adamant and upset. Now I'm going to tell my 18-year-olds they can't smoke a cigar. They got away. You were, like, literally upset about this. Well, Coop, is your son under 21? I have three sons. Um, I have two under 21 and one over 21. Now, the one over 21 actually works in the industry, right? He worked He worked retail for a while, right. Okay. And he's the one who uses tobacco. The, the two younger ones are not really as much. I'm not going to say as much, but, you know, here's the thing. When you raise children, and I know you guys have younger children, you kind of groom them to be an adult at 18, and, and it's kind of a long-range plan. And really, I started treating my boys as adults you know, when they were teens, right? Where, they, where they've had their own set of responsibilities, right? And and I almost feel like this is just like, well, now they get to 18, they've, they've, they've earned these types of rights, and now we're just with a swoop of a pen, no, you got to wait three more years. I, I have a real problem with that. Well, what about drinking? Um, and, but drinking's always, we've always talked, I mean, again, 
their whole, I got I had the drinking age raised on me in New York, um, actually. So I, I can tell you that. It and and you still hold those traumatic cigar, scars <laughs> until today, right? <laughs> right, right. I don't, but I don't, I don't drink a lot to be honest with you. But I didn't like it, right? But when again, you know, twenty. I don't. I think we've been groomed. They've been groomed their whole life that that it's twenty one. Nothing was broken with that. I, I don't. I, I talked to Abe on the phone. I said, "Look, if someone comes in and robs your store who's eighteen, right? Are you you're gonna prosecute them like an adult? You're not gonna say, well, they really their, their mind wasn't really developed yet.' That wasn't my response. You know, we'll give them a break till twenty. You're gonna prosecute them. That wasn't my, gonna prosecute That wasn't them. my response to you, though. No, it wasn't your response. I'll give you that. That yeah. wasn't my response. Because look, here's the argument I make. Because a lot of people got a little upset about what I said, right? <laughs> I'm not pro twenty one or pro eighteen. Is that specific, but I'll tell you my opinion on it. But what I am right. is you can't be hypocritical about it. You can't pick and choose what real adulthood is. If you want people to go die for your country, you can't tell them they can't have a cigar or a cigarette or They're whatever 100%. it is or something, right? If people are going to be allowed to get married and procreate and bring another live person in this universe and be married, whatever, you can't tell them they can't They're smoke. They're adult enough to decide exactly. whether or not they want to smoke. Right, so you can't pick and choose, right? But, you know, Here's the thing. Everybody thinks that 18 is adulthood, right? But you can't, look, there are things that happened 100 years ago, the way people thought 100 years ago, that we don't do today because times change, right? 18 years old, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, however, right? That guy was already lived a third of his life. He, he was middle-aged. Yeah, that was a <laughs> middle-aged dude. This is a kid who was an apprentice. Well, and that's, a, was, that's a fair point you make. This is a kid who was an apprentice at eight years old. Right. Started working full time at twelve. By eighteen, was married and getting ready to have a baby. Right. I just got a shiver you know, thinking about d- that. Yeah, during the Revolutionary <laughs> War, there were fifteen, thirteen, fifteen-year-old cool. guys holding guns and arms. Right. Cool. So, but but that was your life expectancy. Yeah. You weren't starting a family by eighteen. The, the human race wasn't evolving. Mm-hmm. Right. So times have changed. You cannot tell me that the maturity for the the average median 18-year-old today is of that kind of adulthood, manhood that it was 100 years ago. These guys can't get past their Twitter. Huge you know? difference. It's Had a, it been the driving age, it would have been an outrage. What, what, but here's the thing, too. Is, Something I, look, look, Abe wants to change the driving age, not, too. Listen to me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying, listen, a vehicle is when a weapon. When his kid is 15 yeah. and 16, he'll change his mind on that one. <laughs> no, 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 I, I want to raise it. Because let me tell you something. A vehicle is My a mom weapon. Even made to I was eighteen. A vehicle is a weapon, not only that can harm you, but harm other people. That's true. And you're Absolutely. putting that behind a sixteen-year-old who can't take his eyes off the phone for thirty seconds during his life, waking life. Scary. Times have changed, so laws shouldn't be held to a standard that doesn't exist anymore in life. So, as far as I'm concerned, my personal opinion: if everything got moved to twenty-one, like I say, everything you can't get married to your twenty-one, right? You can't. Now, if you want to enlist out of high school and go to the military, you should be able to, but no combat time until you're 21. You can train, be educated, finish your college, and at 21, if you want combat time, you get combat time, right? No one, I, I, an 18-year-old just finished throwing up the morning after prom, and you tell me this guy should be able to vote on a world leader? Like, he's got a clue. <laughs> His ass hasn't touched the real world or anything real going on. So, I don't think you should vote till you're 21. It's a big topic. You can bring taxes into that conversation. But I know, but taxes, it, it's moot because kids are already working at 15 because yeah. that's the whole thing. No ta- taxation without representation. Well, it already exists. Right. 15, 16, 17-year-olds work and pay taxes and they don't get yeah, the Yeah, we did talk about that. So it, that's a moot issue, right? So if everything, drinking, smoking, marriage, voting, military, if that whole gamut of what adulthood really is. Now, and Paul said, look, if an 18-year-old 
goes and holds it. I said, look, in my mind, most 18-year-olds aren't adults. They get talked into bad shit. They get fooled. Mm-hmm. They get taken advantage of by people. And they get, a lot of them go to prison. Just They're not bad people. So, no, I, maybe an 18-year-old shouldn't be tried they're as They're still adult. very impressionable, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And... Maybe you shouldn't be tried yeah. as an adult as 18. Maybe you should, should, should still try to salvage that kid's life as you can. Now, it's a high, heinous crime. Yeah, great. Maybe he never gets out of jail, you know, or whatever. But I, I, I don't have a problem if everything just made 21 adulthood. Could happen in our lifetime. Right? You never know. And uh, I don't, ever, I I don't, don't know. I don't think so. But I, I, that, that's my beef. Now, you want to leave it all 18? I'm all right with that, too. But theoretically, it's like, look. Perfect question, right? Paul's talking about his adulthood, right? Whatever. I said, <laughs> I said, Paul, so let me ask you something. If one of your sons, after he graduated high school, came to you and said, Dad, I'm getting married, what would you say? After high school? Yeah, 18. I would probably put him, lock him in the basement and let him I never asked, see that person again. And I asked that to mm-hmm. Coop, and what did you say? I forget. <laughs> oh, no, no. You said, you, no, no. You said, nah, I'm telling him it's not happening. Right. Right? Yeah, so, yeah I did say that. I you said that's that, not yeah. happening. But so, if he's an so, adult, you, but you can't tell him that. Because, look, I raised, you guys, three of you in this room have seen it. I raised my kids like adults. Yeah, yeah I talk to them like adults. I raise them like adults because that's how they become adults, right? But they're not right. adults. But they're not adults. Yeah. At 10 years old, 8 years old, I was taking public transportation everywhere across town. I can't, no, my parents didn't know where I was. My kids want to go out right. and play in our front of our neighborhood. I'm pitching a chair outside. I'm making sure the stadium with my eyes reach. Yeah, but if you lived in sure. a major metropolitan area, it would be more normal for your kids to take. I mean, kids my age that lived in the city still took the subway. They took the subway to school. Listen, I'm sure Coop took the subway listen, to school. I'm not saying it. Yeah. Like, okay, but we're not talking about Coop. I'm talking about no, Coop's, Coop's a lot kids. older. We're going to see how your kid, when he wants to take the train or go to Miami, how old are you going to let Never him? Never going to freaking happen. Well, this is my point. Maybe 18, 8, 17. Yeah, I don't want to take the bright line down to Miami. You can take the train. Yeah, but, but, but this is my point. You know, times have changed. It's not touching you know, my car. The average now life expectancy, I don't know, is what now? 72, 74? You know, it like, actually went down for the first time ever in the last few years. But, okay. but whatever it is, that's because all the, the liberals. You know, it's not all the liberals. It's because of all the toxins. It's a joke. It's a joke. God, you so, just immediately. Too many, people eating joke. The, too many people eating the Impossible Burger. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, by the way, <laughs> yeah, that, don't, don't eat right? the Impossible I, Burger. I, I, Beyond Meat is better because the stock I, keeps going up. I'm waiting. You own some of it, <laughs> oh, don't yeah. you? Of course. <laughs> I made a lot of course, money I, yesterday. I'm waiting to see when the adverse effects of the Impossible Burger and meat start hitting. Uh, I might be having yeah. some of them now. Actually. They have fake chicken I'm, now. I'm, does anybody remember uh, what's it called, Olestra? What the oh, hell? Oh yeah, that was, anybody was that like the early nineties? Olestra is it a diet? Yep. O- Olestra was this stuff they started frying stuff in mm-hmm. potato chips. Oh yes, 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 I remember the potato chips. You're they, right. They would just make you shit everything yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> you got no. Yeah. They had them at Subway. Lay's yeah. had an Olestra. Did, yeah. Where is it today? Yep. I don't know. Because yeah, it been fucking me a race. It's an x I'm waiting until the Impossible well, Burger. Ma- I'm mm. waiting until the Impossible Burger makes people's meat start falling off themselves. And then we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, hey, remember when they told us all to eat margarine? Yeah. Plastic. Don't use margarine. Don't mm. use butter, right? Yes. And then now, they used to sell those big, today, yeah. those big ton- tubs yep. of uh, Country Crock when it was Price Club. Remember that? Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so we got off topic. But, mm. So even with your children, right? You want them to be adults, but there's still certain things at 18 you don't you wouldn't want them to do because why you feel like, like they're not ready. Like what? Like getting married. Like what? Well, like what? getting married. That was one I gave you. Um, at the same time, I understand. I don't think we should mandate an age for it either. But, I personally don't want them to do it. Wait, wait. Um, you don't think they should mandate any age for marriage? 18 and not under 18. Why? 18 why is 18 age. the magic number? 
Because again, we we we've kind of ingrained that that is the age okay, you hit adults. That so that's how we've trained that, everyone that all argument, our lives. That argument is making my case. You're living on something well, you've ingrained and not something that, that makes sense. You you're making my well, case here. If, so let me. If you're you living like you in just told North me Dakota, though, ago, why wouldn't it me, make sense? You just told me two seconds ago that if one of right. your sons at eighteen at graduating high school wanted to get married, that you would have felt absolutely horrid about it and wouldn't want him to do it. And the reason I wouldn't why, want him to do it, but I wouldn't. I, listen, I'm not saying you would stop him because you, you can't right. stop him. He's eighteen. Right. He can tell you to go right. fuck yourself and get married no matter what you say. So right. you can't do nothing to stop him. But you would feel horrendous about it. And the reason why you'd feel horrendous about it, because in your wisdom and your judgment, in your mind, you're saying, this guy's not ready. He's not ready to start that kind of life. He's too young. So why don't you listen to your reason and logic instead of listening to what you've been ingrained with? That's my argument with you. So Ooh, I think one thing that really has been a problem, okay, that and I've seen this happen with the 20-year-old age set, is when we they extended the idea of keeping your kids on the benefits into their mid-20s. Mm-hmm. I think that's had a, a negative effect on, on work ethic and a lot of things right now. And it's a lot of the reason why a lot of these kids stay home. So let me ask you a question. I, 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 I completely disagree yeah. with that, let and me, I'm in that age group. Let me ask you a question. So if my kid is over 18... But he hasn't started right. life yet. He went from basically high school to, to college. college. And he's going to be a student for another four years. I shouldn't be able to keep him on my medical plan as a child? I think you're absolutely wrong on that. Yeah, I agree. I think I think there's a point. I mean, we didn't have that. Like, there I is didn't a have point. option. There is a point. It's called years 21. When I was that age. There I didn't have that age option. 21. I turned out okay. Money. I mean, a lot of people have turned out okay. I understand, dude. I don't a, lot, think... a lot of people who are born in, in, in the slums and dodge bullets all day turn out okay, but it's not what's best. <laughs> but, you know, but Abe, I've the seen, judgment of I've I turned seen, out okay and I'm not is not talking an about, argument. Yeah, I'm not talking about you either on that at all, because I know there's exceptions to that, but I've seen a lot of these kids like in their 20s right now get very lazy because of this right now. And and it's like, well, That's I don't true. need to worry about that because I'm on okay. mom and dad. Listen, I, right for this generation. L- listen to me. I got news for you. Are you, are you older or younger right. than me? Because sometimes older. I can't tell by the way you talk. Older. I'm older. Okay, because you talk like I'm older. Really older. <laughs> I don't think he's much older than so, you, though. So, so let me just tell you I'm something. I'm 52. I'm 52. Oh, so a little bit. Enough. Half, a, half a decade, as I would like to say. <laughs> yeah. so, right, right. So, listen. I got news for you. That's not making them lazy. Let's be real, Paul. The culture is making the them culture lazy. is making them lazy. Parents, I, did, uh, combine, parents, I think you combine it no, with the bullshit. culture. Yes, bullshit. Because my kids agreeing. aren't going to be lazy no matter how long they can stay on my medical plan. Let me tell you something. Parents have become lazy. People raising kids have become lazy. Mm-hmm. I see it on every top day. of that. Yes, they don't. They, but let me just tell you something. My kids aren't going to be lazy, or if they are going to be lazy, it's going to be they have sustained. 18 years of abuse from me. I was just going to say, it's right. going to be to make their life a living hell. I mean, th- 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 I, there's nothing I could have done about it, right? <laughs> something, something, if it's going to rain, right. it's going to rain no matter what I do, right? But them b- being on benefits, which makes sense, this kid can't work yet. How is he Even if to they get can medical? work, I worked in college. I there was there, nobody was giving me medical Listen, benefits. You worked because you worked and you were making enough to sustain, not to be able to not how afford medical insurance. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I could, is, there was no way I could have afforded. And, and most kids and don't go have to school full time job where they get benefits. So your argument there is absolutely wrong. You know, no, it's not. I mean, I like I said, it, what what has changed in like you know, like from 25 years ago? I'm going to tell you what's option. changed. People 50, 50, 60, 70 years ago, a small percentage of people went to college. 
At 18, they started becoming adults. They college was a privilege. It wasn't expected like it is today. You must go to college. Everybody goes to college. And we need to find out where to get I'll out. Give you that. I'll give you we, that. Okay, we I'll give you that. We I'll need to that. find out a free way so that everybody can go to college. That's our politicians today. Right? Because everybody yeah. needs to go. 50, 60 years ago, if somebody you in your neighborhood went to college, that was a big thing. Oh, Bobby Down the Street's actually going to university. Wow. Everybody else started working at 18. That's not the times. Look at the Rockefellers over there it, going to college. Right? <laughs> That's not the time. <laughs> times have changed. And guess what? Maybe eventually in our evolutionary process, the lifespan where the average human being is going to be 100. And you know when that happens? I don't care if you make 30. If that's what, if that's what sense and reason dictates at the time, then I'm all right with it. And Casey has a great point on our Facebook page. Yeah. He said, even if, it, even if you think it does make them lazy, they don't think about it. Like a, an eighteen or nineteen year old is not thinking about health insurance. They're they're on it. They have it, right. but it's not a concern of them. It's the of concern theirs. of the parents right. who worry that God forbid something happens. That, that's to the a great kid. point, Casey. Because when your eighteen year old kid who's in school breaks and shatters his femur because he got drunk at a frat party and jumped off the roof, you don't have to pay fifteen thousand dollars right, for him right. to go to the emergency I, I room. I can't insure him on my medical plan, and this kid doesn't have insurance. Yeah, that, that's who's worrying about it. The adults, not the kid. The kid don't care because uh, he he feels immortal. He right. feels like he's going to live forever. Nothing's going to happen to him. Right. Good point. Uh, I I mean I Coop I was affected by this, but I I was covered on my parents' insurance. I think till twenty four, maybe something like that. Whatever the rule is. And then I didn't have health insurance. I had a full time job that wasn't offering the benefit. Well, I went, I went two, three years without it. But it was the same thing. Like, who cares? I don't need it. I'm, I'm twenty, twenty six years old. What What's going to happen? Yeah. And my father kept yelling at me. He's like, "You get, you get hit by a bus. Well, you did, like, who knows?" Yep. I, I, I'm talking when they extended it into the mid twenties, not like from eighteen to twenty one. I'm talking when they extended. It, I think that is where it had an. I, think, I it, think I was covered is, into the mid twenties, like twenty three or twenty five. Is that where you're going with the argument yeah. now? Yeah, Coop, it's voluntary. You don't have to cover them. Right. Just so you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know that, too. I know that, too. But what do you do exactly as a parent going back with that? Yes. I mean, look, it's very hard. You, you can make a very good, sound, plausible argument for 21 being an age for someone to be an adult today. And, you know, it, the world has changed. And if, if the laws don't evolve, it just won't make sense. It just won't make sense. But you guys, you and Coop also are, I mean, listen, there's a difference in our age. I'm 36. You guys are in your late 40s and and early 50s. I know, but our kids are closer. So we're more concerned about how we're raising our kids. He's raised his kids. But you at 18, you at 18 was way different than me at 18. At 18, I was absolutely no question about it still a child. Really? Like, I mean, I I still, my parents raised me the same way that you did. I had rules. I had responsibilities. I had things. But, But mentally, there's... I, I I could not imagine giving someone that was in the in the mental state uh, stability that I was in at eighteen giving me. them any kind of listen. Was I a mature eighteen year old? Most definitely. I was the eighteen year old when I showed up at my friend's parents' house. Oh, you're going out with Abe tonight? Oh, you boys have a great time. Meanwhile, I was the worst <laughs> one of the bunch, right? But I held myself like right. a mature you knew, adult. You knew how to be parents respect and mature. Me, right? Yeah. But I look back at the crap I pulled. Driving down I-95 after a whole day of completely being obliterated in a torrential thunderstorm. Can't see two feet. I mean, the crap I did. No. Bad judgment. Right. Tons of bad judgment at 18. Yep. Tons of really, really, That's kind of really, like when it when it peaks, bad judgment. I'm telling you, <laughs> I mean, at 18, between the hormones and everything else going on, you're not making a lot of sense no. at 18 years old. That's now, funny. was I a mature 18-year-old? Absolutely. But, man, holy cow. When you, you look still. Back, yeah, when you look back at the things you did and thought and acted the way you behave sometimes holy cow how i made it not 
either died, <laughs> got maimed, or went to jail is a miracle. Hey. It was a miracle. You're here. I'm here. Yes, I agree on that. So, <laughs> all right, this has been an exciting discussion topic with all of the 21 and PCA. <laughs> we'll have to agree to disagree. It was all good. Yes, and uh, we, yeah, will, yeah, exactly. we, we will continue to fight another day. Coop, keep up the good work. We will talk to you next hey, week. Thanks, guys. All yeah, right. Good, Always good, good show. guys. Good show. It's been all great. Right. All right. All right. uh, the, the the text messages I keep getting from people about all of these topics. Oh, really? I, I haven't oh, even looked at my phone because I'm watching yeah. the show. To... Yeah. It, yeah. Everybody's got a lot to say about vaping. Yeah, we got a lot of comments coming in, too. Anything so. you want to discuss? Casey's was a really good point. Yes, so, it is. I, I, and he, and he may, actually, there is one thing I do want to mention because uh, actually our, our guest, Derek, who's still in the studio with us, mentioned it to me. But Eric Espinoza actually commented mm-hmm. after we finished our um, our discussion. He will be there. He said, I can care less what manufacturer what manufacturer goes to the PCA. The problem is that more and more retailers don't go. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. So, And that led to manufacturers not going or not. I right. wish he would have said whether he was going or not. I think he's not ready to. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he is. I think he's in doubt. He's trying to weigh out There had options. to been more consumers than retailers there at the last one. Yeah, it's, it's going to get worse. Anyway, let's take a short break. Then we're going to no, come back. Wait, wait, we're going to talk to Derek. I gotta, we got to take a break? We do need a break. We yeah. Do. yeah, I just we got didn't to do one this hour. Huh? We didn't do one this hour. I did. Half our advertisers, I think contracts have ran out. We've been running on fumes because we're waiting for the new studio to build. I don't think anyone has a current ad advertising contract Adam, anymore. Adam, stand up and he'll read it. You, you just introduce it. He needs to stretch his legs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. is that what it is? Oh, I'm sitting for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I won't get you on camera. I won't okay. get wow. crouch no. on the camera. Wait, is Derek coming over? If you were a horse, I'd shoot you. No, we yeah, can nice. just go ahead. Do your do your thing. Well, let's uh, first talk about the genius who picked this caption contest. This caption. This <laughs> picture. You're gonna get your flack now. What do you mean the genius? <laughs> it is genius. You see all the damn comments on that picture? Let me tell you something. How old do you think I am? I, you know what? I was very surprised when you. I know oh, how I old told you were. I was How very old do you think I am in this Eighteen. Holy! That was a cruise. That was a cruise that my parents sent me. I, you I, picked I, up a lot of alcohol for your party. Your dad sent you on a cruise. <laughs> I, I was an adult. That's amazing. No, that's not what's amazing. I'm going to tell you what's amazing. <laughs> After I graduated high school that summer, me and my first cousin took a cruise. Right, eighteen. Dude, look at me. He's twenty five. My dad, yeah. my dad knew I was going into bars and pool. He halls. looks the mm-hmm. same now, just with no hair. My dad, my dad, my dad used to know I went into bars and pool halls when I was eighteen. <laughs> okay, so look at me, right? And and um, I, I, what happened was I had gone on a cruise for the first one two or three years earlier. I think I was fourteen, maybe, and fourteen or fifteen. I was fifteen, and everybody, everybody the cruise saw I was like twenty two. So of yeah. So anyways, I started buying beer at. 14, 13, 14. We could, 14. <laughs> we couldn't drive. So we would buy like cases of beer. And, that, and, that wasn't suspect and, to the and, clerk that the, that the guys were walking down? Well, they saw us walk out the door, <laughs> but we would literally start walking down the street to get to the forest preserves, right? That's where we would drink. <laughs> we'd find a patch of woods and start drinking, right? So, and I went to, you know, a Catholic boys' high school. So, I mean, there was a bunch of Irish kids. That's all they did. They came out of the womb drinking out of the bottle, you know? <laughs> so, high yeah. High schoolers I'm, I'm, definitely I'm, partied more. I'm 18 in this picture. That's just sad. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good now because now you look young, but, we got, we but got, then you looked old. We got good, Well, yeah. You know what? It's funny because about 30, mid-30s, mid to late 30s, because all my life, like all my life, I looked way older. I was I was uh, eighth grade, whatever that is, 14, eighth grade? Yeah. I was six feet, 220 pounds. Yeah. Big dude. So 
all my life I looked way older, and then slowly life catches up. <laughs> and then you start looking your God, 80s. I hope that happens to me because I look way older than I am. No, you just look old. You got bad jeans. I have great jeans, actually. You got bad jeans. I just have bad a bad look. All right. I'm going to read the insane asylum, and then we're going to exit doing a little uh, poll with uh, Dynamite Derek Dukes before we exit Welcome the to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. I'm the king of my castle. Oh, God. I love I that. playing that. I love that. I put the picture next to you. All right. This week's inductees should think before they speak. Deputies of the Palm Beach. Oh, we're home here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office responded to the reports of someone screaming for help at a neighbor's home. The homeowner next door. Oh, I read this. The homeowner's next door was changing the brakes on his car when deputies arrived and notify him that his neighbor called to report there was a woman screaming inside his home asking for help and to be let out. The owner then went into the home to explain the situation. As it turns out, the woman screaming was his bird named Rambo. I was changing my brakes in my wife's car and my 40-year-old parent, Rambo, I was perched outside where he likes to sing and talks, the man explained. Sometime later, four police officers showed up seeing a neighbor call because he heard a woman screaming for help. I promptly introduced the officer to Rambo, and we all had a good laugh. He added afterwards, I also introduced Rambo to the neighbor who called in the screaming. Luckily, the neighbor also had a good laugh about the entire situations. Uh, congratulations, Rambo the Bird. You are... I think it's a neighbor who's yeah, really the inductee. I think it probably is the neighbor. It's insane asylum. Yeah, I think I was the wrong call. But it's like in Lake Worth. It's like 10 minutes. I want to take my kids to go meet Rambo. Yeah, it's right down the road. <laughs> Seriously. It's like right down the street from us. I want to go meet him. It was because he said when he, he when the bird was younger, I didn't see it in the story, but I read the original story. When the bird was younger, he'd have it in a cage. The bird doesn't stay in a cage anymore. But And the bird would say, help, let me out. Help, let me out. And he would scream that. And that's what the, that's what the neighbor heard. Help, let me out. Uh, brought to you in part by Celia and Asylum Cigars. So I'd like to do this thing. I, I kind of enjoy it. Yeah. Derek, go, Derek go come here. on over here. Go over yeah, go right there, right there. Oh, you want to go? Yeah, 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 yeah. Take a mic. I want to do this thing now, and this is open to all you guys, right? I want you, uh, before we go out. I just want to do a little thing with him. I want to name some wrestlers. Adam has a lot of places to be. He doesn't like the show going long. What? No, I'm not saying that. Yeah, he's definitely not saying <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm back. So, all right. I, I um. We're just going to shout wrestlers' names, sure. and in like five words or less, I want you to tell us what first comes to your mind, right? Okay. This is open mic, so feel okay. free to jump in anytime mm-hmm. you think of somebody, right? Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Oh, legend. Oof. Mick uh, Foley. Crazy. Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> the man. Hacksaw Jim Dugan. Vanilla. Ooh. Wow. Undertaker. Goat. Wow. Goat. Greatest goat. of all time. Oh, oh. Goat. I didn't know. I, I'm not into that. A- AJ, uh, go you ahead. Shout goat? Randy Savage. Jerk off. <laughs> wow. Roddy, Roddy Piper. Yeah. Legend. Yeah. God rest his soul. Yep. Hulk uh, Hogan. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All the time. Ric Flair. Woo. Goat. Triple yeah. H. Friend. Oh, wow. Really? I grew up with Paul. Oh, wow. The Rock. Rock. Yeah, that was my next one. I think we already got that one, though. We did, but... No, it was a different game. Mm-hmm. Charismatic. Oh, well, he was being nice there. The Von Erics. Legends. Terry Von Erich. They, they all died, didn't they? One left. God, yeah. The whole family of brother wrestlers. Andre the, uh, Andre the Giant. Great call. Legend. 
Sean, I thought he was going to say trouble. Sean Hart. Uh, wait, Brett, Brett the Hitman Brett Hart. the Hitman Hart. Yeah, that was where I was going. He's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we like this game. He's a tough one because he's been up and down. Uh, troubled. Wow. Very troubled. Definitely troubled. The ultimate warrior. Jerk off. Wow. Capital J. He didn't even hesitate. Capital all right, J. All right. I want to investigate the jerk off comment. Ricky the dragon steamboat. Goat. Another goat. What was the jerk off with the Undertaker? No, um, that was Ultimate Warrior. Oh, the Ultimate Warrior. That's right. Yeah, yeah he liked the Undertaker. I wanted to say douchebag. You can. Yeah, you can well, say that. Well, a douchebag. Any particular story that lends oh, to it? Oh yeah, he's just actually. I watched him die one time. Really? So Hulk Hogan owned all of the uh, of the gyms in Boston and California and Florida, and uh, my uncle was one of the uh, guys that worked the front counter. So when I was little, uncle would call me when they, because it was literally across the highway from the garden. So I went over there one afternoon, young kid, and he was jacked out of his tits. He was sweating profusely. Wow. He was crazy. He was, uh, I guess, in the locker room doing a little extra, you know? Mm-hmm. So he, he hits, Supplements. Yeah, supplements. There you go, medicine. Yeah. And he hit that bar. He laid he flat down. He must have put five fifty up like ten times. Bang, Oof. bang, bang! Oh, it was ridiculous. He puts it down. I'll never forget it. I saw him take a deep breath. His whole body just collapsed onto the. It was he was laying flat on the bench. Went flat. Oh. So I grabbed my uncle. I go, um, unk. Uh, I don't know what's going on over there. They pull him off. They're doing CPR. Call the ambulance. The whole thing. They revived him on the way to Mass General. <laughs> now, here's the best kicker. Four hours later, he's the main event at the Boston Garden. And he, and he did it. Wow. That was the life. Wow. That was the life. That but he was had also to. such a negative douchebag about everything. If you ever ask him about someone, he'd tell you the worst thing about them, not the best thing. Not a nice person. Not at not all. Not a good person. And, he bury, and if he had a chance to bury someone, he would. All right, two, two non-wrestlers. Mean Gene Okerlund. Entertaining. Vince McMahon. I was going to ask that one. Strictly business. That's a good saying. Anybody got any more before we uh, go? Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Troubled. Mr. Mister Wonderful. Paul, Paul Orndorff. There's old school for you. Brilliant. Really? Never spent a dime of his wrestling money. Really? Yep. Had a smart wife. That's good to hear. That's why he retired so young. It's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Good for him. V- investment guy. Crazy investment guy. I wouldn't have known that. Mm-hmm. Kurt Angle. Big-headed. Huh. I could believe that. Gold medalist. Yeah. I was standing next to him the night in the ECW locker room when we... Huh, you can actually Google this. We crucified the Sandman. We put him on a, on a cross. And for entertainment. Him. For entertainment. Okay. <laughs> we crucified the Sandman, put him on a cross, and wrapped him in barbed wire and hung him above the ring. Jeez. Kurt Angle was in the back room because he was becoming a professional wrestler. Right. I was standing two feet away from Paul when he when Angle snapped on Paul. Every other word was F. 
I want my money now. You're out of your fucking minds. I'm not dealing with this. This is, oh yeah. Mm. He's a little intense. Derek Dukes, anybody, any, 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 are we retired now? Or are we defending the belt? I'm retired, brother. Done. <laughs> so do you get to keep the belt indefinitely now? Well, I can't get a hold of the promoter. Well, that's a good oh, way to a, end your career. What a shame. That's a good way to end your career. His his website's gone. His cell phone doesn't work. Uh, Dude, you couldn't ask for a better exit. Tell me about it. Now, I get, the, to, now I get to keep the original NWA US yes. title. Where do I sign? Good for you, man. All right, well, listen, we hope everybody, uh, we made up for the three-week hiatus that we had. We tried to make a good show for you today. Yeah, we went nice and long. Mm-hmm. It was good to be back. We had a lot of interesting stuff Guys, to talk about. Guys, thank you, thank you so, so thanks much for, for having me. Uh, thanks for being thank on you, here. Thank you, brother. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Evan Darnell and feeding us. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. we got to have this guy here on a regular basis. Colin, good to see you. Good to be back. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks Wish to you. Uh, Coop for calling in and yes. uh, having a great discussion about all the interesting news topics we've had since we've been gone. Yes, we wish everybody the best in 2020. Even though good, Coop is out of his mind. Good to hear, right? <laughs> and good to have AJ Smokes back in the room after yeah. a long hiatus. Yes, Welcome sir. Back. Good to be back, Yes, y'all. sir. All right, I guess we catch there you next is. week. Who's on the show next week? Uh, we don't know. What? We Remember, we had to discuss this. So Really? Oh. Still? I, you suck as a producer. <laughs> I guess some things just aren't going to change in 2020. You had one job. He said yeah, one job. Sucks. He said, Paul sucks. All right. I think we, I, I, let me reach out to Lou. I know he's in town. No, he's not available. He's not available. I had lunch with him a couple weeks ago. I talked to him yesterday. All right. We'll get somebody on by next we'll week. We'll figure something out. There'll be somebody here. Don't There'll worry. Be somebody here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Till then, and as always, keep it lit. <laughs> You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. <laughs> Cigar Fairy's making rounds. Yeah, that's fantastic. Keep it lit with KMA Talk Radio.